This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. You're listening to the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. Simon Cowell of Broadcast. Plagiarize the work of a blogger, David Harnes. Now, what's going on with that? Where's my number? Sorry. He was condescending back. I had a few too many, and I just drove home, and then just fucking, yeah. Is it true you sexually harassed a co-worker uh, oh, in a college newspaper? It's a Detroit sports website. Uh, I don't say this. This 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 puke isn't even worth being mentioned. The only time we should mention him is for his obituary. Except okay. no one will care when he's dead. We're talking to T. Foss, Terry Foster, ninety-seven-one. Uh, this guy got his hands into everything: failed restaurants, failed marriages, failed liquor licenses. This guy's an animal. I make good choices nowadays. Before we get started. Jeff Moore, is that correct? Lawrence, you here to do the interview today, or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, no, I just... All right, well, we, we, I'm sure Terry greatly appreciates that. The other thing is, you, you guys are raising hell out there in Detroit, aren't you? I, I, I've got some people telling me, you better not go on that show with those guys. Those guys are making everybody angry and getting them mad and doing stuff, so you're, you're creating quite a stir back there in Detroit. Good. Well, you know what? Actually, I don't like her chances. I have a cane now, so that's I'll, true. I'll, you, uh, he came walking out of. I had to pick him up, by yeah. the way, too, because he didn't have, I'll go, he can't I'll go drive. full Cat Williams in the Boondocks yeah. honor. He's so. wearing sunglasses and he's got a cane. He looks like he looked. You looked like a blind man. I keep getting that. It All looks right. like the same cane that Grandpa Simpson would shout at the mm-hmm. clouds in the old Simpsons. <laughs> that would be uh, Jay Clemens, who is uh, making his DSR podcast debut in this studio. Actually. Uh, was on the program when we were on Blog Talk. I don't know, two years ago. Uh, yes, we had like we had a discussion. Now, it is very bizarre that Jay, who I want you to list off your resume for what you've done in the past and uh, what you might be doing in the future. Yes, please qualify yourself. Okay, <laughs> yes, by all means. Where's uh, your CV? I used to work for the Detroit Lions uh, well, football, we'll football team here in Michigan. 
Um, I was their web guy for a while. I have the some, first Tim Twenty Man. Uh, Matt Millen was my boss. Yes. Yeah. Um, then after that, I moved to Atlanta because of a girl. Ended up at Sports Illustrated for the next what five six years. Uh, I was Peter King's uh, con- like the editor. I put Monday Morning Quarterback to bed. I also wrote uh, an NFL fantasy stuff like that. Um, uh, won uh, the first uh, fantasy award in Sports Illustrated's history. Uh, then after that, I just kind of bounced around Fox Sports South. Uh, now I'm with Cox Media, which is Atlanta Journal Constitution. I do blogs. I'm the columnist for the SEC, ACC, and NFL blogs. Um, and uh, last year, I won the Synopsis Media Award for NFL Blogger of the Year. So wow! In fact, I'm I'm the only person on the planet. I tell people this with the Fantasy Football Writer of the Year Award and an NFL Blogger Year of the Award. I'm the only person on the planet with the same. Wow, that's, yeah. that's very impressive. Because no one would brag about that. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> would. would. Brag about there might be 17 yeah. other people who have that. Exactly. They just wouldn't mention it. Yeah. So it's very odd that you're a fan of the website and that we're friendly because, A, you uh, once worked for the Detroit Lions in the uh, propaganda department. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, B, you're to the right of the political spectrum. That is – that's somewhat fair. I'm, C, I, I'm, I'm a moderate, uh, but yes. C, you're still – you know, a Lions fan. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it's one of those things where the, the, when I worked for the Lions, it was very surreal because they expected me to be completely on board with them in terms of cheering in the press box. When when they broke the string of 24 straight games, uh, losses on the road, everyone in the press box erupted when they had some interception against Chicago. To, to, who were these people who erupted in the press like the, box? The people that worked in, for the team. Oh. And I didn't cheer just because you're not supposed to cheer in the the, the – you know, cheer in the press box. And someone actually teased me the next day that I didn't cheer. And I was like, Who's oh, that person? I'm not going to say. Uh, Please. But, uh, Mayor, go get him some liquor. No, no. <laughs> um, no, but it's, that weekend was the greatest weekend of my life because it, I really got a sense of like how fucking cool, pathetic. No, how cool it is to work for a pro team, even if you, even if it's not like the greatest job in the world in terms of being, you know, because everyone kind of labels you as like bought and paid for and yada, yada. Um, I missed the bus to the team. To the team plane. And that was the one rule that they had for us. Do not miss this bus, okay? And I missed the bus late. And I instead of just driving to Chicago, which I should have done, I panicked and got on the third team bus of players that had nothing but rookies. And like Teddy Lehman and stuff like that. So I sat with them. And when they take us to the airport to drop us off, you know, to the hangar at uh, uh, Metro, um, the Ricky Sandoval, who is the Lions' uh, former security guy, Big guy, 300 pounds. He used to be the security guy for the Raiders in the early 80s, for the 49ers in the, ni- in the late 80s. He had followed Millen basically to Detroit. And he was this huge guy who just scared the what, you know what out of you. And he sees me coming off the player's bus. And he, in front of everyone, just reads me the riot act, dresses me down. I feel this small. I want to just hide and hide. It was the worst thing ever. And he was just, just totally yelling at me. And I, I was just thought they were going to fire me on the spot. So I get on the plane, don't do anything, keep my mouth shut for the whole weekend. Um, and on Sunday, the Lions break the record, or they snap the record of 24 straight losing seasons, which we all know, uh, 24 straight losing games, which is three full seasons on the road. Right. So when I get back onto the plane, Sandoval sees me there, and I think he's going to yell at me again. He comes up to me. Let me guess. He, he tells you you got to do it every week no, now? He, yeah, he gives me a bear <laughs> hug. Bear, I'm going to swear here. He gives me a bear hug and goes, don't ever fucking do it again, but hell fuck. Fucking yeah, we won. 
And even so, if that, so if that so doesn't bad. sum up this franchise yeah, right. in so, a but, sense. So that's the thing. So everyone teased me, just like you said. Everyone, in fact, my friend uh, on Twitter uh, told me to. He wanted. He was trying to get you to goad me into telling the commando story. I had an embarrassing thing that happened to me in high school where I, where we ended up winning, and everyone wanted me to repeat the embarrassing incident every single time after that. But it was the same thing with the lions. The lions actually used my stupidity as a good luck charm, and so I let's think go they back. won the next game at New York as well. So let's go back. Yes. What year? Are we and then talk- everything was forgiven. This what, is yeah. the- what year are we talking about? When you got the job. 2004. Okay, so 2004. Now, that was when the Lions started, Lions, DetroitLions.com, when they no, started no, their own uh, webpage? There was a person that worked there before. I forget his name. And the the then I had an intern that was the girl that you knew. Chrissy Weitwatt? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, okay. So you get hired by the Lions to basically be the first person to run their website. But, well, I was the second one, essentially. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you this. When, uh, when they hired me, the Sandoval, the same security guy, asked me to look around and tell me how many people, you know, knew Millen to get this job, or somebody, you know, knew somebody from the Ford. And I go, I don't know. He goes, "You're the only single person in this entire company that didn't know Ford or Millen before they got hired." That's that's shocking. Wow. So what really? were, when you get hired, so, so when, I took that as a compliment. So when you yeah. get hired to be their chief propagandist at the time. What did they tell you what the, like, the mission of the website was? They what didn't were- say anything. It was different back then. We didn't have videos and podcasts. This was stuff that I wanted to do, but we frankly didn't have the capabilities for it. Um, a lot of my job was just sitting around on my ass and kind of waiting for stuff to happen. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Like uh, I could have done that job better had we had more technology and things like that. Um, you know, This is how primitive it was. Uh, and I'm admitting this, on work time, I end up start chatting with a girl. And I so I would just spend half my time during the day talking to this girl online. So did you, write, arti- but did you write articles? Yeah, like, I wrote articles, in? but it was just so primitive. We didn't do videos. We didn't, we didn't even have that little golf course yet where Tim Twentyman swings and everything. Oh, God. I would play basketball with people. Uh, I knew Adam Gase pretty well back then and – you know, everyone got along, but we just didn't have the technology that we have now. So basically, it was just nothing but articles, articles, article, articles, and stuff like that. Well, so hold on a second. Okay. So, how close was your relationship dealing with my good friend Bill Keenest? Uh, close, but uh, he had a couple people there: Matt Barnhart and Ben Mangus, who I think are still there. I know. Um, I think Barnhart is. They're good know. guys. Like, uh, you know, I. I don't know about meningitis, but I think. Keenest and um, Barnhart are still there. Yeah, I would run in. I would have little run-ins with Barnhart, but 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 by and by, he was a good guy. In fact, I've seen him at least six times since then, and we've you know we've patched up. Keenest is he's just a different kind of cat. Like uh, you know, there, there's stuff like that happened. One that's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what? I, that's that's fine. I didn't know him that well. Um, you know, I did go to Cleveland with him and another employee for the Barry thing in 2004. That was pretty cool. Hall that was weird. It was a surreal day because Barry, what, that was his big, uh, you know, Hall of Fame speech, and yet the Lions were having one of those fake games or practices at Ford Field for the fans. They had it on the same day. Are you shitting me? Yeah, I could never wrap my head. By the way, I was planet. there too. I went. I drove to Canton okay. for Barry's uh, Hall of Fame induction, and I sat next to Lomas Brown, okay, and Bruce McNorton, who's now Calvin Johnson's father-in-law. And who also made my top twenty-five most hated Detroit athletes of all time list, which we might get to later. But yeah, I went there, and real quick tangent on that is Elway was also 
being I inducted stood right that next day. to Elway yeah. the entire time before his speech, right. and his daughter stood right next to me right. the whole time. Elway's so Detroit Canton easy drive. I don't know how many hours it is, three and a half or something, whatever it was. Yeah, drove there that morning, no problem at all. Drove home that night after watching Barry inducted. Eighty percent of that crowd was Denver Bronco fans coming to see Elway from two time zones away. In their defense, One the Broncos played that Hall of Fame game. They did not pick the Lions for that Hall of Fame game. Oh, okay. In their defense. Right. You know, like, uh, but there was no. There was barely any Lions fans yes, there. It was, I know. It was it an was embarrassment. Weird. It was surreal. All right, you got any questions? Well, I, I was just going to ask because it's, it's funny that you say really your entire time was – Spent chatting with girls and no, writing no, articles. I, no, I, when, when <laughs> but, I'm bored, I, frequent, I freely admit that there was just, like, there's a lot of downtime with the job because we just didn't, like, if you weren't writing, there was just kind of a lot of, you know, it was one of those jobs where had I had it two years later, it would have been a great job. Yeah. And that's sort of what I'm getting at yeah. is it's so different nowadays. You, yeah. you look at not even just, like, team websites. You look at something like the NFL Network, the entire paradigm of how uh, teams are getting covered in the NFL is rapidly shifting so during your time there with the lions did you see that happening at all no, was, was no. It? at the time the big thing was the nfl had basically gone and created a template for how they wanted all the sites to look plus um they there was the the thing that happened that year that was pretty big was that they had there was a new rule where local tv stations couldn't shoot live game action on the field and no one could figure out why but now it's pretty obvious. Of the, course. The NFL wants <laughs> to control every single bout, a bit of video that occurs between 1 and 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So did you see that shift in terms of, yeah, like, of it, uh, happening during your tenure there? It was the, the seedlings of that were, yeah. were, were kicking in. Because I, I, I yeah. find it fascinating and, now, and really the, almost concerning, though, how teams in the NFL have gotten to this place where they can monopolize so much of the content written about them, mm-hmm. so much of the video that's out there, so much of what's being talked about, teams and the NFL in general can control so much of that narrative. And that's the beauty of it. They they can control it because they – I don't abs- know if it's beauty, but – Well, it's their right to do it. Like uh, everyone is adjusted to the rules. Like people bitched about the whole we can't shoot during the game. People adjusted, OK? People – they adjusted when the NFL would like basically hire – you know. People or when ESPN would hire people from papers to cover their product, everyone is adjusted to this. It's a bad thing. Okay, it's a bad thing. I think think limiting journalistic access. Let me finish. finish. It's a bad. It's a bad thing, and I'll tell you why. Sure. Because it's not just that the Lions are decide to have their own website and their own reporters spinning propaganda, which would be bad enough. The people who they've hired. From the Detroit News mm-hmm. now, which it might be different than when you were there, but these people try to act like they're journalists. That's one. B. They feed these Tim people. They feed these people information directly. Mm-hmm. They try to minimize. They don't like the fact that the team's independently covered by the Free Press, the News, M Live, uh, and ESPN. Yeah, right. And ESPN. I forget, or his friend will fucking scream at me, <laughs> Michael Rothstein. But. It's it, it, it's it's not it's not a good thing to have preferential treatment for your own person spewing out the company line, trying to blur the line between journalism and public relations, while trying while further minim, trying to minimize the job of what the free press does, not the Detroit free. I'm just the free media, the me, the actual journalist. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing, and it's going to get worse over. 
time. You were kind of like patient zero. I mean, you were at the beginning of this yes. trend, and it probably wasn't as innocuous then because it was primitive, like no, you said. They but it, we're getting further. We're getting further away from that to the point where I could see a day where Kyle Mankey or Justin Rogers writes something that they don't like, and they're just like, "Fuck you." You're, you're, you have, we're, we're cutting off your credentials, not unlike what the uh, the GOP presidential candidate is doing with the Washington Post and with Huffington and other. So they just goodbye and, and really, no credentials. And really, but it's not that big of a deal. Them, it's not a, that big of a deal for on a presidential campaign. You can get information other ways. Sure, but if you can't get into the um, room with Caldwell to ask questions, I, I see it. It's just only going to get worse. And it, 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 it's, it's a cancer in the media to me, in my opinion. I won't disagree with the fact that uh, your viewpoint is, is, is probably more correct than so, than so be it. But a lot of the way I look at it, there's more jobs now than there ever were before. Okay, Back in the 80s, and, uh, y- your whole frame of reference for the Lions was either Kurt Sylvester or Mike O'Hara or whoever was writing a column that day on the game. That was your entire frame of reference for what was going on. Like there's a lot of stuff out there. It, it's not such a bad thing. Like uh, no one has ever come up to me as part of a regular media and said they don't like stories. Life's not fair. Like you can go to a Falcons training camp practice and you'll see one of the executives just hand a stealth note to one of the national writers that's covering practice that day and he'll have a big scoop for him that no one else had access to. Life's not fair. you got to deal with it. Well, I'm you not know? saying well, – we all know life isn't fair. Sure. That's obvious. But didn't the Lions, when you were there, tell you we want you to write pieces positive? No, no, they the, didn't tell you. The only thing that? The, they would tell me afterward, they didn't like something. Like, uh, but it, you know, the the only bad example I can think of in my time there is when the the Eagles. That was the very first year that uh, what's To was with the Eagles, and they went to. Uh, the Lions, I want to say week two, week three, whatever it was, and just beat them like 30 to 13 where Roy Williams scored both touchdowns, but it, he had one in the last minute. So basically it was 30 to 7, and I wrote a pro-Eagles article just talking about how, boy, the Lions kind of got in the way of a buzzsaw. And I do remember somebody telling me they didn't like that story. But basically a lot of it was they kind of let you do it, and then they let you know afterward if they didn't like it. And that's fine. They were rather fair. The only one mundane period I had – with Barnhart and Ben like that, we were breaking down stories for like the next year. And I remember the lead story they wanted to pitch to me was talking about how they had like the, the punter or something had the, the led the NFL for having the ball in the air at the longest or something like that. Something inane like that. But at the same time, I, I wasn't overly critical, but at the same time, I was fair. And, I, and they treat you well if you, if you write fair stuff. If you, if you call it as you see it. Don't don't make stuff up. It's that simple. That's fair. But keep in mind, like Jeff's been saying this whole time, is that we were at the beginning. We were at the genesis of this. So they didn't really know how far they could push an employee without that employee kind of fighting back. Well, and, and I think that might have something to do with why you and Jeff are on speaking terms uh, is because it wasn't so much of a focus for them maybe back well, then as it is now. I'm gonna, But here's, here's something I'm going to say that will come off as very arrogant – uh, no, they've all the people they've had right there, including the people that are currently there. No one, no one can write like me. So, like they're under that. that what other people can do with the story is—it's just frankly not what I could do with it. 
Well, and I, I want to actually – I will say this. So Mike O'Hara treated me like I didn't even exist when I was there. Hmm. Killer could not have been nicer to me. And Killer liked the fact that – Killer would always follow me fantasy-wise. In fact, I think I've mentioned this before to Jeff, the night before Killer died. I got a tweet from him because he had a fantasy draft the next day or something like that. And he was like, you better be right with all this stuff because I gave my <laughs> rankings. And it's weird. that. And then I found out the next day while driving that he, that he had passed away. Was it Sylvester, O'Hara, and Killer then? Or was Sylvester yeah, already gone? Yeah, that was a big three. And uh, Steve uh, – there was some guy named Steve from the MLive. He was a really nice guy. He wore a – Not Kornacki. No, no. Steve uh, – man, I forget his name. He's the guy who went to Millen's home in Pennsylvania. And did a whole big series on on Millen reconstructing his home basically from scratch. Hmm. Yeah. So, what was Chrissy Whitewat like? Uh, she was okay. Um, you know, she was straight By the out way, of college. Should we, should we go into the story no, about Chrissy Whitewat? You, you can if you want. I will. I'll say go this. in the story. I, I my... Let me let me say why I call her Whitewat when her real name is Whitewat. I believe. Yes. Uh, so, for the uninitiated, this is the woman that when I did the Photoshop of William Clay Ford Senior in a casket, she thought it would mm-hmm. be appropriate to call the. Allen Park police out on me uh, and had detectives investigating that Photoshop, which labeled me as a suspect and William Clay Ford Sr. as a victim. And I had to answer to the police about that. So that's Chrissy Wytwat. So what was her? What was what was she like when you were there? She was she was a tough nut to crack there. And she was my intern. Technically, she was actually more skilled with Photoshop than I was because back then I was just a writer and the web was just oh, – she was more skilled yeah, in Photoshop? She was more skilled in Photoshop than I was by a long shot. I, I could tell by that yeah. picture of yeah. uh, Jim Caldwell with a birthday cake. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty impressive Fair shit. Fair enough. I guess I walked right into that one. But uh, but Wait, that was Photoshop? Yeah. That was not a literal – that was not an actual birthday cake. Wow. I, I had no problem <laughs> no with way. It. In fact, I actually helped her get – after her internship was over, I helped her get a job – with some outside company, Rodan and Fields. Yeah, I wrote a no. I I wrote a recommendation letter. Goebbels and Himmler. I no, wrote a recommendation letter, no. and I never had a problem with her. Um, Sorry, but I have. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> and but the, here's the thing: I'm not going to defend somebody calling the police on them. I mean, that's just utterly ridiculous. And uh, which it kind of brings me to this: like, if you want to hate the Lions, go ahead. Like. I've ha- I've dealt with him every day, and I still come back for more. Like I'm still going to be that person that even if I'm covering the NFL professionally, there's always going to be a part of me that hopes they do well. I will say this: when they played Atlanta, 08 season opener, Matt Ryan's rookie year, I had a Lions employee sit down next to me, and he told me, "I'm not kidding you." He, he, they were four and zero in the preseason. He said, "If we don't win today, we may not win another road game the rest of the year." And he w- like that's how worried the Lions were back then because they kind of knew what they had. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to know they're not worried. Now. So, how old are you? I am the same age you are, minus one. Okay, so you've been a fan for a long time. Yes, uh, the, I still would say. How that, can you still go on Twitter and think that they're going to win nine or well, ten on. games? The, wow. How are you still the, the most crushing? I actually think they have a no, good chance. I would say the most now crushing. The you're most, an idiot. Most crushing sports day in my life. Look at that schedule. Is New Year's Eve, 1983, when the Lions played the 49ers. Okay. Now, would the yeah. Lions have beaten the, the Redskins the following game in the NFC Championship? No, they got their butts kicked in the 82 wild card, something like 38 to seven, where Riggins ran for 170 yards or something like that. But they they were they outplayed the 49ers that day. And the the I I've said this many times on Twitter. If the Lions did not have an idea of how bad their quarterbacking was after the 83 series, you know, it's 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 tragic that 
Dan Marino was not drafted. If Dan Marino had been drafted by the Lions, I might be a completely different person today, like someone who's actually confident when talking to women, things like that. I mean, I could be a whole different person because the Lions would have had Marino. Well, Marino and Billy so, Sims. Wait, can you so, that's, so I'm 11 years old when Eddie Murray yes. fucking chokes that kick. But okay, I'm 11, and the team had been horrible my whole life at that point. No, was, actually, they hadn't been. 80 was pretty exciting. In fact, oh, I will say— Another one they, bites the dust? When they started out 4-0, look at the numbers. Like they, Their first four victories were all by like He was like negative 17. I know, I know. Okay, but listen. Yeah. Another one bites the dust Well, no, hey, was an embarrassment. Spider-Man. They recorded a song and then went in the tank. So that you can't never. even give that season up any positive connotation at all. They went in the tank technically, but had they beaten the Bears on Thanksgiving— Had they beaten the Bears on Thanksgiving, the Bears scored a touchdown on the final play of regulation— inches to my and, dick, it'd yeah. be eight inches. Okay, what do you fine. want? <laughs> and then the next year, Come they played on, Tampa man. Bay at home in week 16. The winner won the NFC Central back then. And that's the... Um, you know, Jay, And then 82, they listen, made the playoffs. Tampa, 83, they Tampa, won the division. It wasn't that bad. It got really bad Tampa was an expansion team that had lo- never didn't win a game uh, their first yeah, year. Yeah, but then they won the division in 79. Exactly. Yeah. The, they, they surpassed the Lions <laughs> from nothing. <laughs> Immediately. They came from the ashes, and they were... Already, Look by the time I was Texans. like four or five, I'm thinking, holy shit, this team with this popsicle-looking uniform is already better than this team that's been in existence for five decades. The Houston Texans have two playoff victories. I know. I How are you still positive? <laughs> are you still getting a paycheck, this? Mr. How Clement? You do answer this? the question. Wait, and, and by the way, it, what was it, 2007 when the Lions started off 4-0 and and then went, what, 6-2 and in their first eight games and finished 7-9? and yeah. So it, maybe it's not the same thing as during I, I, the 80s, but like, come the, on, man. The, how the can early you still 80s, be buying in? The early 80s, there was promise. But I, you, know, I you guys had Sean Bleasian on the show. Year. Sean and I have talked about this before, like when I would do stuff with him, Fox 2. Like, it got really bad in the late 80s because that's when they stopped selling out games. And you almost had to pick a new team. Like, I know Sean and I both liked the Cowboys growing up because we, there was nobody else to cheer for. And I, and I feel bad. I hate myself for liking the Cowboys now. But the Lions were never on eight games a year. You, right. you, the, even they were the Thanksgiving out. game would never sell. Late 80s, it was brutal. And then you had the 90s. What, 91 through 97, they made the playoffs, what, four or five times, something like that? Woo! 99 doesn't count Trust because me. they backed into it. <laughs> Trust me. It was, you know. a, it, it was a, a, the halcyon days of the Lions with Barry. I mean, it was at least a reason to watch. Well, I, Here's the thing. I almost, well, I almost wish they were at the point where they weren't selling out games because at this point, it's— it, Well, you're in a smaller stadium now. You're guaranteed to sell it out. You know, like a, <laughs> so what do you, so what do you think is going to happen this year? I think— <laughs> Seriously. They, I think they have talent to win nine games. Uh, yeah. I— I was looking at pro football. <laughs> no, no, no I'm with you, left. Jay. Dude, go Teddy ahead Bridgewater might be out for okay. the season. They this is, that team was we can really relying on their second, quarterback. Okay? We can get into this in a second. But yeah. pro football fo- focus has a little down on the secondary. But I think this is the best secondary we've had probably since the early 90s. Uh, Darius Slate is the best cornerback. The I would say it's the best excellent. secondary they've had probably in my lifetime. Okay, fair enough. It's the best no, cornerback. No, 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 no. Two years ago. The, 2014 was, that I, was a I, very I, good I like the defensive line by name, but I was a little disturbed by the fact that the Ravens' backups were moving them. And Ashawn Robinson was a beast. I covered him in Alabama, covered his pro day, all that stuff. He is a man mountain. You should not be able to move him at all. Okay? The linebackers... Uh, Whitehead, Levy, they're okay. They but have no depth. They have, they have none. Okay, they have no depth at all. But here's the thing. Bob Quinn, everyone's like, well, he should have drafted more playmakers. He knows he's going to be the GM for the next five, six years. So I wouldn't be so sure draft, about that. So the very first uh, draft. I'll, I'll explain why. Nah, Jeff, okay, that's why not, he didn't fire Cole. They're not, well, going, they're not going up for sale. You know, 
Those three daughters do not want that team. I'm telling you. They can say whatever they want to the media because they had to hire a general manager and someone had to come Why here. Why wouldn't you want something that prints money? I don't understand anyone that sells because an Because they want to cash out. They're going to get a billion and a half probably they for that They already have team. money. They don't need the cash listen, out. Listen, listen. They might have money, but let me tell you something. A few years ago when GM and Chrysler had to go begging the government for a bailout, the only reason Ford didn't is because those daughters and the and, and Bill Ford Jr. and the rest of that family all pushed their chips into the middle of the table, leveraged everything to save Ford Motor Company. And they remember that history, those, those three daughters, okay? So to say that they're just filthy rich, they, went, they experienced in the last nine years a situation where they had to put everything at risk to save the company that their great-grandfather, whatever it is, started. Sure. So it's not exactly like they're uh, just well, filthy billionaires, all of our – it's not like that. And I've been told many times those daughters want to sell that team when Martha passes away. And it would not shock me if that occurs. And I was just told as recently as last week the person who's going to swoop in is Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert that is going. That wouldn't me in the least. Yeah. If if you so can, I don't know. If Bob Quinn has as many years as he thinks he does. Well, wait. So because what's the? Uh, I'm I'm I, I'm an insurance adjuster, but I don't I don't run actuary tables. But I do know Martha Ford's what ninety ninety one years old. It, it still bothers me that Bill Ford doesn't run this team. Like uh, I would when I would work out at the Lions facility, he would always work out at the the treadmill next to me. Now I didn't. Bill I Ford didn't, Jr. Yeah, Bill Ford Jr. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I didn't. Go. I didn't make a big thing to talk to him all the yeah. time. Wait, but, the carcass wasn't on the treadmill? No, no. He, no, 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 no. Actually, I'll, I'll be honest. Maybe I, I had a pina colada. I saw one, William Clay Ford Sr. Yeah, this is a good story. Tell this one. Which one? The, yeah, about how you, you never saw the guy. Yeah, I saw him one time. And how long did you work there? Uh, For a full year. Yeah. So for, you one only year, saw him, saw him one, one time, time in the facility? He came, he, no, he, well, he came to the outside. Like They would just drive around, you know, skip the uh, indoor and I saw him one time. It was weird, you know? And you saw Bill Ford Jr. all the time. I saw Bill Ford Jr. pretty much four times a week. Hmm. And now, have you heard anything about how he feels about being completely shut out? No, I mean, no. no we, we've lost touch uh, since, since then. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I just can't imagine the Ford family selling this at all. And I know you can. But I can't. And here's the deal. Even, I can't imagine the Ford family selling it. I can imagine those three daughters. This is beautiful. Selling it. Building, I'm absolutely man. confident that Big deal. I'm absolutely mm. confident that someone with Detroit ties will buy that buy this team because this is the big moneymaker. You want to buy the Tigers? No, no, no disrespect baseball. But I have. I, if I was a businessman, I would have no interest buying a product where my, the expectation is for me to have a payroll but of the 180 Lions, million. But the Lions, Bahatnagar just showed me an article from the Free Press. The Lions were the only team to lose money in 2013. Oh my God! You can cr- and, you can cook the books and, any way you want. But the other teams aren't cooking the books no, like that. The Lions are the Lions selling sh- when the Lions put the team up for sale if it ever happens the minimum price starts at 1.6 billion i agree I, i'm not disagreeing with NBA that is the perfect example of where you can you can make the books look like anything where what when the lockout happened half the teams in the nba were crying poor saying yeah. they lost money now look at it post lockout uh everybody's value has shot absolutely through the roof i guarantee they'll have another issue you, when the next lockout looms you, in two you years. talked about this in last week's uh, podcast um my parents uh, you know, I'm from Gross Hill. My parents know the the family, the Gores family, not directly, but they know them uh, pretty well. And 
Yeah, you're right. He bought that whole thing, lock, stock, and barrel, including the pine knob or whatever they call it now, DT, DT yep. and where my dad worked. I guess I should know it's still that. Well, we talked about last yeah. week for three hundred five yeah. million dollars. That's you could. have It's the biggest steal in the history of the city, probably. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's worth two and a half times that probably right now. But Easy. it drives me crazy. Like as much as I love the palace, like it it just makes too much sense to bring the Pistons back. But the, if the red and I drove by the Red Wings' new place today for the first time ever. If it's going to be adorned in all Red Wing stuff, it would be like the Oakland Raiders moving to the San Francisco 49ers new stadium. Like, it's not going to look like anything. It's going to look like the Pistons are renting the Silverdome again in the early 80s. Let me ask you a question yeah. real quick about this team, though, because you are bullish on them for, for whatever. Bull- 9 and 7 is not exactly going. Right? Here's yeah, the deal. For it, this team, how it, many times did they win 9 the games? Schedule, the, the Lions Please, were, you don't know the schedule until teams start playing. The games that look could look easy it might end up not being easy. The games guys get teams get injured. You don't know, don't please don't okay, give me the fucking schedule. Okay, yeah, let me tell ask me yourself and let, you're playing them early. How how are the is this team going to protect Matthew Stafford? He stayed healthy for a few years. I don't see him making it through this season with that offensive line protecting they him. They have He's done going everything to in their power to draft good um, good players at this position. Okay, it, How's it worked out? Well, it has worked out. How Swanson worked out? Yeah, but they How did uh they, how did uh Gosser Cheryless book go there or whatever? Okay, so, you know, it's How it, did the how the offensive line they drafted worked out? It's been terrible. It's it's not so much it's it's a culmination of everything. In 2008, I was golfing in Hilton Head following the draft on someone's phone. And the Lions had, we're going to take a quarterback in round three. And I was screaming to anyone, Jamal Charles, Ray Rice, they're all there. They end up taking, what, Kevin Smith from Central Florida, okay? Or you mean a running back? Guy who had 300 yards before. Like, they hey, took, he, they he took Cheerless like from that same draft, I want to say. Rushes. Maybe that was 07. But they're just fractionally off. How like, are they going to protect the right Stafford? Like, How are they, they going to protect Stafford? When, okay, How? When they took they're Charles, not going to. They took Charles Rogers in 03. The problem wasn't that Millen took a, court, a receiver. The problem is he didn't take the right receiver in Andre Johnson. Like the, the, okay, the Lions that's fine. have the right. How team. are they going to protect Stafford? They're not. They're and going me, to. And do people st- seem to forget? Lions fans seem to for, seem to forget that a lot of this offense over the last few seasons has been Matthew Stafford going back and throwing jump balls to Calvin Johnson. No, no, that's oh, not the case. No, that's not the name, case name last year. One it wasn't jump ball that Calvin caught in the back the second half of the season last year. That wasn't name the case. one jump jump ball. You name, realize that I'm, talking, like, I'm going back. I'm going Lions, back seven, if, eight if, years. Okay, fine. But if he the does not have that security blanket, he doesn't have that. Even if he's not. Catching those balls in the end zone, he doesn't have that decoy anymore. You, you raise a good point. In fact, drive, being here in Royal Oak today, where I used to live in '99 when uh, Barry went um, when Barry left the team, the, I want to say the the Lions started out two and zero, and then six and two that year, and everyone knew they were kind of doing it with mirrors. And I I asked myself, are the Lions better off right now without Calvin than they were in '99 without Barry? I think they are. Oh, Slightly. there's no question. Slightly. Oh, there's no question. The Lions are a better team. If you want to just say the better team yeah. in 2016 without Cal, yeah, the, that, that team was a fucking mess. I mean, that, that team was going nowhere quickly, and the fact that the fact that they had an opportunity to draft Randy Moss, passed yes. on him, probably would have probably would have saved Barry Sanders' career. I'm glad you bring that up because uh, that draft just drives me crazy to this day. Forget about the Marino thing. 83, that's number one. But number two would be, that's it's not that two. they passed that, him. Marino's number two. What happened in, 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 in okay. with the Moss draft? When, when they one. passed on Randy Moss, I was like, okay, they don't like him personally, okay? I could live with that. And then they take Terry Fair, whatever. It's what drove me crazy the next round when they took Jermaine Crowell. Bobby Ross actually had the gall to get up on the, the, the stand and say, we had Randy Moss on our board, but he was number two behind Crowell. That right. just drove me crazy because everybody 
and there's you could find a woman in Alabama who who watches only Auburn and Alabama football. She and I'm talking about my mother-in-law. Uh, she knew who Randy Moss was. Well, thank you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not we're just trying to be yet. factual here. Yeah, we're not. Divor- <laughs> we're actually we're not divorced. Oh, we're okay. separate. Um, but and I still love that family. But my she didn't catch you sending. You know, pictures uh, to girls online or something. No, no, He's no. He's not no, a New York you, mayoral. I, no, I've been, no, I've been, no. This is a discussion I just had with my parents. I've been separated for three years, so it's going on a long time. Like, uh, wow. I know, I know, I know. Is there any chance for a uh... – No, no. Oh, okay. Well, no. well I, I think it's important to say, though, Jeff, you're talking about, like, how are they going to protect Stafford? This offensive line is not all that They've different than the offensive power. line in the second yeah. half of last Larry, season. Larry Warford is strong. Um, Reef you can also say right tackle. Decker is a run blocker. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I think he'll be fine. The interior guard's going to be fine. If Glasgow... Cannot wait like, bubbles burst. Like, here's the deal. Stafford they're going to be up, bad, but they're not going to be horrible. No. In that guard. This is the best secondary we've had in a while. The um, front seven, I'm not, I'm not afraid How's of. How's the coach? Here's the thing. How's I've been the, the biggest cheerleader the, for Matthew Stafford in the... like. And in fact, I told people if the Lions went um, winless in 08, it was worth it to get Stafford. Now, granted, they could have won one game and still have done that. Um, it's one of those things where yeah, the running backs, if they had taken David Johnson last he's year. He's done nothing. He had, Stafford has he done had, plenty. Stafford, had, they haven't the won one playoff game. He had the greatest wide receiver yes. in the history of the franchise. Are you telling me that it's the loss fault? to Dallas was Stafford's fault? No, no, fuck, no. fuck the loss to Dallas. How about the loss to New Orleans when he put up what five four hundred yards listen, through like listen. four touchdowns? At some point, for Christ's sake, at some from point, him? what do I want yeah, from him? Yeah, what do you want from uh, him? One playoff game, win, an important no, game on I the know road. You want results, but what do you yeah, want, want that he can control? What he can control? How about not throwing stupid interceptions? Yeah. Okay, wait. Uh, I mean, did he did he do that against New Orleans? No, I, the de- the I, defense. I, I cannot the defense believe was you garbage. people are going to hang your hat on a team that had no pressure on them after going one and eight, and they, they came back to win meaningless games when there was absolutely no pressure on. Them, and yeah, you're going to hang I'll your hat on that, that no, shit? No, I'm not hanging my hat on Please. that. Please, but you have to you you have to acknowledge that the the run of success coincided with Jim Bob Cooper Co- uh, Jim Cooter. Bob Cooter taking over as offense. Well, player. and how many times have we seen? Uh, football, really, football, really, football. how many times? have the Lions honestly gone on late season win streaks when it's meaningless? Yes. I, really? When uh, have they? The whole Wayne, well not, I the, guess it wasn't meaningless. Okay, but, they but went that all, was 20 years ago. That there, was two decades ago, There Jeff. is no defending that, the Lions putting two linemen um, guarding the sideline on an untimed down against the Packers. He's a horrible coach. He is disappointing me too. Okay, okay so, but then it's not Stafford's fault. It's the, it, no, okay. Like, and you nothing can see that Stafford's in the fault. Dallas. Nothing Stafford's no, fault. No, Are you no, fucking no kidding me? nothing's his fault. I only worry. If you look at the Dallas game, how's that on him? What can he control? What can he control? Yes. Yeah. He he had a horrible game against Arizona. No doubting that. There, there's You cannot defend his game against Arizona. Dallas. Dallas. What was the We're ta- issue you're with talking, Dallas? Okay, so in his, in his seven he or eight year career, he you're, talking about, you're talking about one fucking game. No, you talk game. about the playoffs all the time. Well, that's what, what, what I'm saying. What? what I'm saying is get your team into a position to make the playoffs so you're only your one chance at it or your two chances at it. Uh, don't go down in flame. Well, they're in that position this year. They're in that this schedule. We'll see, that, we'll see what Matthew Stafford does with Teddy, without Calvin Johnson. Uh, we'll see. No Teddy Bridgewater. You're going to have Tony Romo in Week 15. But 
is he even going to be healthy no at Kenny that point? No Kenny Bridgewater. They have Look, the best defense in the, the NFL. Giants. They still have Adrian Peterson, they, and they'll oh, fill someone in. No, you've got the. How about you want to bet right now, you big fucking mouth idiot, that the Minnesota has a better record than the Lions? I'll bet you five hundred dollars right now. Are you are you that confident that Sean Hill is a better? I don't care. They'll find someone. They've got a. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They still have the one of the best running backs in the history of the sport. Yes, they do. At thirty-one years old, at thirty-one. No, but he was terrible last year. Yeah, there's lots of thirty. Because he whips his kid with a fucking branch. He's got one less year of wear and tear. He's got like he's got like four thousand career touches. I don't give a shit. Oh, you're insane. Look, I'm insane. I'm about to hear one person here defending the Detroit Lions. I actually back him on Adrian because. That you know, I, I fantasy wise, I still have him as the number one running back. Like he's going to get the ball. I'm not going to bet against Adrian Peterson. Off, All right, no... Let's get off the lines because you two are morons. Let's talk about a story now. Uh, that yeah, no, been, the, the Bears been and the Titans keep... and the Texans are going to be great this year, yeah. man. Eagles too. Oh, Eagles are prime. Yeah, you have okay. to acknowledge the schedule. It's not look at the, look at the quarterbacks they're facing: I, Brock Osweiler, Sean Hill. Uh, Maybe uh, who is even going to be the Rams? Is is Wentz going to be even starting for the Rams? And right. we're going to get off the NFL. The Lions are going to be Cutler, terrible like, every year that they, Bradford, might, I've been on this fucking earth. Mariota. Okay. All right, shut up, or I'm going to have <laughs> Jessica come and fucking drive a fucking spike down your neck. Try it. And how are you going to get a ride home? You're going to fucking limp there, fucking gimpy. Okay, I have a very big car, by the way, my, uh, oh. so you can get a ride. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so you've been teasing me with this Mitch album story. That you told me a while ago I that I wasn't allowed. Ago, yeah. yeah, that I wasn't allowed. You told me about two or three years ago that I wasn't allowed to tell. So can you please uh, illuminate the audience and tell tell us what a douchebag Mitch Allen yeah, is? Yeah, I, I just want to preface this. I've never met him. Okay, I used to listen to his radio show in the '80s uh, that he did, where I think Stoney was the producer. Yeah, the and Sunday I Sports. To, I would call in and get you know I would win that trivia all the time. So like that's the only connection I have. But I did tell you the story a couple years ago, and I guess. Now that no none of the principles are really around anymore, like it, it can be told. Um, I guess when I know someone who was an intern at WGR, or at least knew of someone that was an intern at WGR, and there was a legendary story where Mitch was kind of getting on, like the interns that day, or just being his, you know, whatever. And at the time, this is when Tuesdays with Maury had become a bestseller, and I think uh, Hank Azaria was even doing a movie about him. So it was all during this time. So the legend has it that there was an intern who was very frustrated with Mitch, and on her last day at the job, she put a book, Tuesdays with Maury, on his desk and then had a little stick of note that said, you should read this. That's just – I love that story. <laughs> I, lo- I love that fucking – I just wish we could have had Mitch's reaction. I wish we would have seen Mitch's reaction and to I, being just absolutely nuked by an intern <laughs> with that note. Uh, it's uh, – and. It's it's one of those things where I've never really asked anyone for confirmation, but at the same time, um, it, no, when I've told people the story, including yourself, you know, when, just in private, everyone laughs and goes, "Yeah, I can totally see that," you know, and that's a great thing when you when you're in this business and you bounce around, you meet people like you you have people that don't work here anymore. Like Stu Clytonic is a great example. I sat with him at a bar in Atlanta two years ago for about three He's hours. He's still alive? And we just, Can we you, tell people who are not our age who Stu Clytonic yeah, was? Yeah, Stu Clytonic used to be the Channel 7 anchor at the time when... Uh, um, or he was Channel 2, wasn't he? Well, Channel 2 yeah, after Channel, Channel 7. 7 yeah. But he, when Jack LaGoff, Dave Dials, people like that were still at Channel 7, he was that guy. And his thing, and this makes for horrible radio right now, but he always talked with his hands all the time. He looked like that guy in the movie Airplane that's actually directing the airplanes yeah. on down on the ground. He, was a, he was a typical yeah. Jewish man who and he liked to this, speak with his hands. He had this white man's afro, okay? I guess he played it's basketball. It's called the Jufro. Okay, thank you. He played basketball at South Carolina, played for Frank McGuire and everything like that. And 
he probably What's he doing these days? Well, he's doing a little radio here and there, but he probably thought when I came up to him that we were going to talk about just whatever. And I geeked out completely on his using the hands all the time and all of his Channel 7 stories. And he regaled me with all this stuff, a lot of stuff that some of the stories actually repeat the ones that Bob Page and Eli Zaret have kind of recounted in the last, you know, in the last few weeks. Um, just fantastic stuff. And you get to see these guys. They knew everyone. They knew all the athletes. And this was a time when we, you know, this seems to be repeating a pattern we've had the last few weeks. When when I was younger, when you were younger, Jeff, I tuned in at 545 on Channel 4 and Channel 7 to see the, the sports reports. And that was my entire day. That was my entire exposure to everything. And now, How about you, Bill Bonds doing the oh, uh, interviews at 515? Bill's great. I, I, people who follow on me on satellite. Twitter. The people who follow me on Twitter, they know that I love YouTube. And one of the best things ever – is Bill Bond's YouTube clips, okay? It's the it's the most enjoyable hour of your life. You begin to sit down and see every moment that he's had, you know? Oh, what about the Ernie story? Okay, the Ernie story is a pretty good one. Um, I have it. I don't know how much of this is out there no, and I, known. I have it on very good information. When uh, when Ernie was fired, I got my hands in a, air quotes right now, by the Tigers, what are we talking about, 91, 92? I think, I think it was like 91. That... that he that Bo Schembechler didn't fire him. But let's that, go back to once again, people may hear his yeah. age. So Tom Monahan was the owner of the Tigers. He brings yes. in Bo Schembechler, who had retired yes. because of heart problems. As like president. Yeah, like that would make your heart problems go away. Right. You know, he like couldn't that. he couldn't coach anymore. So Bo disappears for like, I don't know, maybe a year or so. He meets up with uh, Tom Monahan at I think at Domino Farms or they went to a rest no, they went to a restaurant. And Monahan decides to bring in – this story might be one of the most bizarre in Detroit sports history. He brings in U of M's football coach to be the president of the Detroit Tigers. It's probably more bizarre than Millen going from the broadcast booth to the president and overseeing the Lions. I think, it's, I think that, he, that looks normal. In comparison to hiring, at least he was covering no, the no, same sport. No, I would sport. argue that that the Millen thing was much more extravagant because Bo is basically just a figurehead president. Like, what is a president? Like John McHale? Yeah, maybe you're right. Junior, like, but still, he was he, for all he was we know, getting his hands time, in on different on different things. Obviously, He's a, overseeing the whole organization. For all we know, at that time, Monahan was exploring a new stadium, things like that. Yeah. And I, I, I pointed it, this it was out Bo. too many times. Like, it was fucking Bo. Can you imagine Woody Hayes being hired to be the president of the Cleveland Indians but Bo, or the Cincinnati Reds? Here's the deal. Bo will get you a you like open doors. He'll get you a meeting with anybody in the country just because he's Bo Schemmer. Right. So anyway, they sign a contract on the back of a – maybe it was, it was uh, Weber's. Uh, yeah, Weber's. Weber's in, I think it was. Well, that's where <laughs> Bo hung out. Right. Yeah. Signed a, he signs a contract on the back of a napkin with Monahan, that religious lunatic. Um <laughs> And Bo goes and run, starts running the Tigers. Now tell your story so people didn't okay, know. Okay. Uh, when Ernie was fired, um, the, the people that, that I know told me that Ernie was never really fired by the Tigers. That Ernie kind of went to the press first and leaked it out that, that there was going to be a change in his working agreement. And so he was apparently so bothered Do you know by what the that, change in that working agreement well, was going to be? Well, probably re, re, reduction reduce. of games and things okay. like that. Um, that it, it, it floored him so much that he kind of went to the press first. So it kind of put Bo... And Monahan and the Tigers in this bad position, okay? And I guess um, Sparky and uh, Ernie would walk all the time, like spring training, where on road trips they would go for walks and things like that. And then after that, Sparky almost had to be put in the position of choosing sides because Ernie kind of went went against the family to use a uh, you know a, a Godfather reference, 
and kind of put the Tigers in this awkward spot. And from what people would tell me is that Sparky and Ernie never went on another walk again after that. That's 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 crazy. And that's a story that really you you just don't hear. I I don't know if it's 100 percent true. I don't no, know. And, but but you, you, I've got it on good info. But here's the thing: when I grew up, and I I that's why the Eli interview was so good. I grew up. I, I appreciate Ernie Harwell. I thought Paul Carey was very underrated. But I grew up idolizing George Kell and Al Kaline. And Eli was right. We only had like 30 games a year on TV. I think he's at 48. And I would buy the Tigers yearbook every time I'd go to Tiger Stadium, and I knew what games would be on TV. And we also had this like cable scrambling on Grozeal on it. You remember on and it cable? Yeah. Like a, we had cable could, cable yeah. scrambling also, but I didn't well, use it to watch the Tigers. Growing up on Grozeal, <laughs> I was watching it to. Grozeal, yeah, cover your ears, Jessica. I think we all get the reference. Okay, yeah, yeah. Grozeal, we didn't have cable till like eighty five, eighty six. So on it, we would have to scramble for these games. You'd get Larry Osterman, like Blurry, Jim, Jim Northrup, Norm Cash, all those guys. But like, it was event television because there just weren't a lot of games on back then. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. The uh, panel. We'll discuss uh, college football. We will no, talk MSU, talk Michigan. We're not talking. Come college on, football. we got to talk. I about don't it. give two shits about college football. Our audience does, Go talk about it on SiriusXM. (laughs) Fucking Ray Charles. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. We'll be back, and uh, then we'll let Jessica get out of here so she can mend her migraine. This is a previously recorded episode. All right. DSR Podcast brought to you by Kelly Tickets. Jeff Moss. Jasper Apollonia in his last episode ever here. He's out of the room, so hopefully he doesn't hear that. Jay Clemens, Mihir Bahadnagar, who we'll we'll talk in the last segment with Mahir about what his plans for the weekend are. I think we might discuss that. Uh, I think he's got some huge plans. Friday? Is that what it is? Yeah, Friday. He's got some huge plans. So a topic I kind of want to hit with you, Jay, as a someone who is a former Detroiter outside the market, uh, watches the DSR and how uh, the Detroit sports rag is treated in this city. It's a sickness that I've been paying yeah. attention <laughs> basically uninterrupted for 13 years. Yeah. It, 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 now, so, okay, last Tuesday we do a podcast with Eli Zarek. And for about an hour and 15 minutes, Eli, who starts the broadcast out by saying, he wasn't going to flamethrow anybody. That, as a matter of fact, when I asked him to do the interview and he emailed me back, he goes, oh, I don't know how interesting it'll be or whatever. I don't really have any access to grind or I'm not going to really flame anyone out. Uh, within about uh, two minutes, he's bombing Katrina Hancock, <laughs> I believe it was, from yes. WDIV. Yes. Uh, he goes on to say many things, including that Denny McLean once cost him $37,000, basically because... I don't know. It seemed like maybe Denny was money laundering or something. Goes on to say, state uh, that Rip Hamilton once offered to double his salary if Eli went on Fox Sports Detroit that night and said that John Cooster should be fired. That's tells, insane, by the way. Yeah, That's tells, insane. Tells great stories about um, Allen Iverson's behavior when he was in Detroit. Uh, that would have made for some great radio, though. You okay. know, I'm still a bit bitter. The, the Pistons used to have a vacation trips to Hawaii, like they would ask trivia questions during the thing. And back in 02, I won, and I never cashed in my Hawaii trip. You won a Hawaii trip and you never went? Yeah, never went. Guy, I wasn't dating anyone at the time. I actually had what? a girl. I'm not making this up, okay? I actually had a girl that knew me, said, 
I will come on the trip with you and I will even let you one time for the uh, on the trip. And I was like I, – then I got the job with Lions and I, it was so busy I couldn't go after that. But I never cashed in my trip to Hawaii. Well, at least uh, Jasper just went down from biggest idiot in today in the show. <laughs> Holy Christ! I I mean that is yeah. yeah I, I don't even know what to say. About I was that. too busy with work. I couldn't get off. Okay, so and uh, literally uh, phrasing, yeah, uh, yeah. So for Christ's sake, I don't even know where to go with that. But the point I was trying to make before I was interrupted by some non-Hawaii trip was that <laughs> Denny, or excuse me, Eli comes on here, tells all these great stories, and not one media outlet in this city picks up on any of this. We are so blacklisted, blackballed by the t- this town that in a in an era where these people making minimum wage at the Free Press and News and M Live or whatever to aggregate content because they can't afford their own content, they're dying for anything interesting to post on their websites. Mm-hmm. Eli Zaret goes on and says that Jack Morris didn't know who Rod Allen was, even though he was a designated hitter for his no-hitter. He was a DH on that day? On that yes. day. Okay. On that day. Even though that Eli tells a story about Ben Wallace going to Greg Kelser and saying, go on the broadcast tonight and say that John Kuster needs to be fired, telling inside information about why the Pistons didn't show up that next day for a shoot-around. None of this gets aggregated. None of it gets picked up. I'm pretty sure Eli Zarek could have come on the show last Tuesday, Jay, Jasper, Mahir, and said that he is the one who murdered Jimmy Hoffa in the parking lot at Marcus's Red Fox at Telegraph and Maple, and nobody would have picked it up because he said it on my show. Yes, that's all true. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Incredible. That Rip Hamilton thing. And you're, just and you're telling me before the show that that I have some avenue to get a job in this town? You do. That's no, I don't. You move the do meter. Do you see what happened last? I moved the meter. You moved the meter. I, okay, thousands of people listened to that podcast. It went viral. I think, I don't know how many clicks we had, but it was, I've never had more comments about a podcast than last, last, one, last week's Eli. Oh, man, that sucks because you're going to get the free, least amount the free of comments press, for this one. The free press. The News, M Live, Crane's Business Detroit, the Metro Town. Nobody, nobody picks it up. So please stop telling me that there's any chance anyone is going to hire me uh, in a million years. But you don't now, put I do have an update. there for it. Yeah, I, I'll, you can't I, swear. You, I'm not, I, I go on Ryan Schulen's show every fucking Monday and I don't I know, fucking but swear. You can't, I know how I don't. I know that I don't. I, I, can't, I, I can go on a show and not swear if I have to. No, I've you, done it for two years. You can't use the C word. When you're yelling at people on Twitter, either. Well, listen, if, if, and, I, and if, guys, if you're going to bring up guys, that you used wanna, to work yeah. out with Chrissy Wyrod, I'm going to say that she's a cunt. Oh, I'm no, sorry. I was referring to you referred to a man as that the other day. I go, you can't. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. listen, I'm not a misogynist. I'll call a man or a woman a cunt. I do like how you call people dummy. It's, it's kind of a reflex. You know, it's not even like something nope. you would take personal. Like, no, I know. I called the guy a dummy the other day, and he's like, how can you call me a dummy? We have mutual friends. Yeah. I'm like, well, then you should know that I'm going to call you a dummy. That's the thing. I this is the thing I like about I've, I've been following you forever is that I I think I've always understood what you do like uh there there's not a shock jock this is who you really are this is you who you are but at the same time you're an intelligent person who knows you can, you 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 know how far you can push things and stuff like that my my only beef I've ever had with you is that you may have personal attacks on people that don't matter okay like it's it's kind of inconsequential like who 
uh, the one person on the west side of the state would be one. Well, uh, like first people, of all, they they don't matter to this market. You know, I think people are entertained. They are by my attacks on Bill Simonson. They are. I, I think that I don't think I, I can understand. My attacks on Chrissy Wyrot, maybe you could but say I'm punching down, why, or Corey Petrie, in a as uh, Alan Stam at Deadline Detroit once a, told me. In a perfect world, you could channel that energy and take it to a radio station and I just don't beat, the, go on a radio beat the station. stuffing out of another radio station. No, Trust me, Jeff, gonna happen. a radio Nobody's station doesn't gonna want harm you either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody, it's not going to happen. Well, see, I this agree. website's been going for almost 14 years. Well, Almost you're, you're, you're silly if you yeah, don't think what, it can make what money. What convinced you to start doing a podcast? Okay. What convinced you to, to – when are you launching a TV show? Uh, I spoke to uh, the executive producer right before you entered this, the uh, our broadcast studio here. Yeah. We have locked down, it seems, uh, a studio and production. So we're hoping sometime after Labor Day to do the TV show. But that's not – This is all but, part of your but brand. But nobody's hiring me to do a TV show. I'm buying time. Here's I am the thing paying I don't get. for it, the time to be on the television, and there will be a very long disclaimer before that show explaining the views and opinions of this psychopath that's going to be on the air very shortly. Do not reflect. I don't understand it. If if we if where well, I live in Atlanta right now, um, if we had somebody like this in Atlanta that could move the meter. Stations will hire them in a second. There's no politically correct. There's no political correctness to it. If you can, if you can entertain an audience, if you have an established audience, if you know how to build one, grow one, sell the, you know what, out of it, then they're going to hire you. Well, but that's the yeah. issue, Jay. That's what Jeff doesn't have. He doesn't have somebody who knows marketing. He doesn't have somebody. I thought I did. Right to my left. Who me? Walking with a. Well, you said we were going to sell six hundred hours of ad a week. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you still couldn't, but you need somebody you who said knows you were what they're do doing. It, though. I realized very quickly that I didn't have the first fucking clue what to do when it came to selling ads. You know, you know, I need somebody like what about Jay. Anthony Dinsmore? I need somebody like Jay, and you need somebody like Jay who knows how to do the broadcast side of it. But on the other hand, I'm not knows sure how if you've to do, heard, but he lives in Atlanta. I'm saying you need somebody like him. I didn't say Jay. I could move you need back. somebody. I, have a teach, I teach sports journalism at a college. I'm free and clear after November. And I told my parents this: like, I if I have to move back, I, I will do it because what I cover, you Big need Ten, somebody NFL, whatever. I've got free, free time. I like, in a for lack of a better term, I, I don't mind hitching my wagon to your star. It's not bad. Uh, well, you'll yeah. probably end up in a fucking box, perhaps. But on, here's uh, the thing: here's the money to be made. I, driving in there's here, no on, money on the, to be made. There's I took money 11, to be made. I took eleven mile in here. Okay, and I drove around like Memphis Smoke. Well, Memphis Smoke is now something Cantina Diablo or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, to am I that old that I that when did Memphis Smoke go down? Uh, Seventeen years ago. Okay, I believe, but driving around like I saw Two, but sure the, on this tax place. <laughs> Two years there was ago. a radio Everything ad. In me is dog there was years. a radio ad for these people. <laughs> Are you telling me that if someone had you on a billboard? That people would, nobody wants to see no, that, but people would be defacing that thing like you wouldn't believe. Yes. But people love to hate you, and like I wrote today, like uh, just for this notes, whether people like you, love your blog, or want to run you down on the on Woodward or Eleven Mile when they see you, and then maybe even reverse and go back over you, they're still going to listen to the show. Here's here's the one. What is the one thing you need in order to make money in broadcasting? An audience. In any entertainment industry, you need an audience. You, you have, have an audience. You don't need to attract an audience. You already got one. Do you understand that Greg Henson, who I've been friends with for, you know, we've been, I, I helped him pretty much get this job at WDF and just keeping his name out there, 
How many times have I been on DFN since Henson's been back? He's only been times? there for two weeks. Okay. Has he had me on? <laughs> no. Why do you think that is? Because you don't I like Radio is a bunch of cowards, and they're not going to put me on the air. Why don't you understand about no, this? No, they don't want to put you on somebody else's program. They would put you on your own program you know, nah. if they could tell it, the world that this guy does not reflect the views of us, but damn it, we love him on the air. You know, I, got a, uh, the, I just got a text message from the executive pro- producer of the DSR TV show. He wants to come and check out this studio, so I have to text you. Well, he's going to probably say the same thing that Jay and everybody else who has come into this studio has said, which is, people are watching this is really nice. We're not going to Hawaii with a girl that I didn't know. Good. As they should be. It's not that I didn't want to go. Well, are we back to, to this Hawaii. story? No, I'm just I don't even Twitter, understand people it. People are mocking me. Like they should I didn't be mocking you. I have time you. to go. I mean, you, you know, didn't have time Jay, to go. Yeah, Jay, two thousand dollar trip. It like it was legit too. Like you get like your a, defense of the lions makes more sense. You get a twelve hundred dollar voucher for the for the for the hotel and like eight hundred. What the did, What was, was the question you answered? Oh, I'll always remember this one. Who won the? What name the Clippers the in history the Clippers that have won the rebounding title? Um, I forget. There might have been two, but one of them was Michael Cage because Michael Cage. Oh, I remember Michael. Yeah, Cage. Michael he Cage needed thirty-four rebounds in the last game of the year to win a rebounding title. I want to say like late eighties. And this or was on the, like this was on the past broadcast. No, the Pistons broadcast when oh who, Fox Sports. Trim, yeah, Fox Sports, and they would have the thing on there, and uh, you know it was always funny because one of my good friends from Gross Hill married Bill Ambeer's sister, and so Bill knew who I was. So when my name popped up. Bill was kind of like, is that that same little shit that's always hanging out on my friend? He's like, yeah, same guy, same cat. Yeah. God. Well, I right, mean, well, I, you want to talk about the Tigers before yes. people just fucking. So you the, want to talk about the fucking Tigers? No, I will say this. Uh, yeah, I, I am super tigers. pumped. More than the, the day. I want to see what Jacoby Jones looks like when we, the most significant trade. It's possible that the, the two most significant trades the Tigers will have concocted five years from now will be the Fulmer trade and the Jacoby Jones trade. What we gave up. Uh, Soria. Soria, Soria, who's now with the Royals. Well, first of all, let's, let's back off that for a second. Jacoby Jones was pretty good in A. He had good stats. The transition to Toledo was not exactly smooth. He did not do very well there. This is an act of desperation, okay? Because Casey uh, well, McGee-hee. No, no, putting you, at, putting you up there, bet is a sign no, no, of no. desperation. This is an act Casey of desperation. Casey one RBI during his entire time. That, exactly. That's what this is. This is no desperation. You're Casey just- McGee's parents spelled his last name worse than that guy could hit with runners in scoring position. He's, he was an abomination. So they are grasping at straws by bringing up Jacoby Jones, who they said they were not going to bring up this year and rush him. But now they have no choice. But you're not because really they were lying. getting no production. If you bring production. somebody up on August 30th, you're not really lying. You know? No, no. no but they're he, they're 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 throwing him into the middle of a pennant race here. He's starting tonight at third base. As okay. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing if with you're going to bring him up. But it's an a, I agree. He should be starting tonight. But it's an act of desperation because. They saw what they had from Casey McGee, and that was embarrassing. Yes, I what I don't understand is instead of calling up Jacoby Jones, and I and I'm not exactly thrilled with the offensive output that you get from Eric Ibar, but either play Ibar at third, or if you don't want to do that because Ibar doesn't have many, I don't think he's ever played third base in the in in, bait, in the major league. Actually, no, that's not true. How many, he yeah. hasn't played very much. The only I reason the I know numbers. that from fantasy circles, when he was with the Angels, I'm yeah. pretty sure that oh. him and Howie Kendrick were those but either guys way, that always had second and third right. base. So either way, you can either put him at third, or you can put Iglesias at third when he was, remember, he played third base for the Red Sox, and you play Ibar at, 
It makes at least have good defense if you're not going to have good hitting. It'll be interesting to see what Kobe Jones can do. Well, especially since, like you said, Jeff. I mean, he hasn't exactly thrilled in AAA. No, he's what I'm. I'm looking at his stats right now. Seventy OPS, three hundred. No, what's it, McGee? Three hundred twenty-four plate appearances, six sixty-five OPS. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, McGee. McGee. That's terrible. McGee. Gary Sanchez had ten homers in the minors this year. He's got eleven in the majors now. Like, I'm not saying Jones can have that breakout. It's worth a shot because it's desperation. That's all. And here's the thing: he may be getting better instruction at the major league level, uh, I'm film hoping. wise and things like that. Like, uh, listen, all they need him to do is go on a two or three week, two week Chris Shelton binge yeah, until Castellanos yeah, comes back. It's funny, like I, we always converse uh, on Twitter. You're always talking about like catching the Indians, catching the wild card. It doesn't. None of this matters. The only thing that matters is how many wins you can get. And going to this home trip, I was telling people they had 20 games at home left. If they go 13 and seven at home, and then just go even five and um, nine and nine or eight and eight, whatever it was. On the road, then basically it puts them at eighty nine wins. Eighty nine wins will get you into the playoffs. maybe, maybe, maybe. But hold on a second. Uh, but you can hold your chin let, high if you let, get to eighty nine. No, you, you can't. If you don't make the, now with a two hundred million dollar payroll, with a two hundred million dollar payroll, you, you either up, make that, you either make the playoffs or you don't. They don't have a two hundred million dollar payroll right now. The pieces that are out there playing, that's not two hundred million dollars worth of stuff. Well, okay, Michael Fulmer, if you want to give him what his real value is. Sure, fair, fair right. enough. Fair Michael enough. Fulmer's probably making $400,000, and if you <laughs> do it by value, he probably should be making $25 million. So, I mean, yeah, some things have worked out. Cameron Mabin's played way over his head. Justin Upton hasn't played but then as Mabin well. But that just and got been, hurt. No, I understand. Listen, I, under, I understand there, all of these things. Mark, if Jordan, Jordan Zimmerman doesn't come back healthy, if Mabin, I know they said that last night, that do you really X- want? Do you, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you really want Jordan Zimmerman back? I don't want. He's been here's garbage. The, thing. the the Fox Sports announcers made the reference to like, oh, well, Sanchez is having his problems again in the sixth inning. If that's such a, a readily apparent problem to everybody in the freaking universe, then why does he keep getting to the sixth inning of games and and like? Because I know, you have a moron manager. I know. I know. And the funny <laughs> thing is, I, I, I'm listen. I don't think that there's any great benefit if Zimmerman or Pelfrey come back versus Sanchez or Boyd. Or Norris, I think I'd rather roll. The people keep saying, "Oh, you can't. You're not. You can't uh, make the playoffs with three rookie starters." Well, they've had three rookie starters in there for like two months, and by the way, that's when they've made their run. But they, they're well, one no, game out. They need but Zimmerman. Jeff, they absolutely need him. Like I don't. Th- they need Zimmerman. The Zimmerman who sure. pitched the first month of the season. Yeah. The Zimmerman who was. With Washington two years ago, when he had a whip, like a war of four point seven or but something, he can be that person again. Like uh, uh, this know. year, I'm dubious. I'm very dubious well, he can and, be that person. And Jeff, this you're year. saying they even made that run, but that's not even necessarily all that true because you look at the trade deadline to where they are now, still four and a half games out of the division. Uh, I believe they were a they're game. One and a, game no. They were a game and a half yeah, back but, of the okay. wild card when the when the uh, trade deadline went down. They're, wait, they're you're, 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 wait, you're going to argue won? they're not in a much better position in the wild card right now? <laughs> they're one game behind a team that is that is basically done. Had they won on Saturday, that they would have been tied with is Baltimore. It, yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone in this room who thinks Baltimore is the no, team no, they're competing no, no. with? No. I think I think they who are going to overtake. Who is the team? Kansas City though. Did you see Baltimore's attendance last night? For a good oh, yeah. weather game against Toronto, no, they, I'm, they had I'm, something like twelve. I'm not worried about terrible. Baltimore. Yeah. I'm what, worried about okay. Kansas City. At what this team? Point. What team are you worried about? Kansas okay. City. Um, I think that's the wrong right answer. right now. Yeah, Houston. <sighs> Mahir was the right answer. Houston. Was, uh, Houston's, Houston's not a, a bad answer. I'll give either. you Houston. Um, I probably they just fear, got Gurriel. I'll, I'll give Kansas City respect just because they're hot. Like where Houston hasn't really put it together. Being in why they don't really have any pitching beyond. Uh, well, Keuchel's struggling. He's been awful. And uh. uh I still worry about I them more than I, Baltimore Mike starting Byers. pitching's ERA without Tillman is like five point four or something. What do they got a Baldo going tonight? 
It, it's just they're, that's not going to be the team, and they've got to play well, I'm not Boston. They got to play. They're going to get beat up. So in Kansas City, to me, at some point they're going to come back to earth. Yeah, they, they they're still banged up. No, but don't they you don't, think that they don't have the bull, they don't have the bullpen if, that they if, used to have? If you don't live in Detroit, you probably think the Tigers are going to come back to earth as well. Um, they just have well, so many. Come back to earth. Like, when did they leave? <laughs> what are you talking about? Come back to earth. They win four games in a row. They lose three in a row. They haven't been setting the world on fire. I mean, they have and they've been doing the winning it. Streaks. They've been and then they turn it around Lengthy and winning streaks. and then they turn around and blow it. What I'm saying is they've never they've never they've never left Earth. No one thinks they're setting the world on fire. And they've been doing this with Avilas in the lineup, Roman in the lineup. The Tigers, to me, of all those teams, if they got healthy, forgetting the pitching, I'm not offensively healthy. I think they're I think they're as good as any of those teams that they're fighting with in the wild card. And Cleveland's been bad, not not very good. For for weeks, yeah, minus they struggled against a team and, yesterday, and yet you're still in the same position. Yeah. So minus what does it Kluver, matter? They're, they're not. They're, I don't think they're in the same position. Yeah, they're not. Mm. Here, here's go the, look at the odds to make the playoffs. It's they're like, they were like forty eight percent. When you buried them, by the way, the same person who told me that there was no chance they were going to make the playoffs. By the way, no, I said there was no chance they were overtaking Cleveland. And no, I said, you said I, they were done. No, I said sold. there was no chance they were overtaking Cleveland, and I didn't give a shit about the wild card spot. Here's what because the, with the way that it works right now, I don't give a. F- I'm sorry, I've seen what happens in a one game playoff. What are you That's talking just, about? There's a 50 50 chance. No, but to, Verlander against anyone right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, so Porcello against Verlander. That's well, going to no, terrify here's you. Mistake, here's some mistake you mean you're making. Price versus Verlander. No, I'm not sure it'll be price. Price scares you, Jeff. Here's some mistake you're making. Yeah, price has been okay. much better lately. This only what, because the only thing that scares me about that is the Tigers can't hit lefties. This is what drives me about the wild card. Is that if the Tigers make the wild card, chances are that they have to exhaust their best pitchers that last weekend in Atlanta. To get there, which means you could be staring at a situation where Anibal Sanchez or Matt Boyd or a, a nicked up Jordan Zimmerman is starting the wild card game. Yeah. There is no guarantee that Fulmer I'll still take my chances. That's a, that's Thank a, you. I'll still take my chances in a one. Yeah, that's in a a, that's well, actually a good point. I don't want to miss in the playoffs. The playoffs than not What's be in the, the benefit? Playoffs. You're going to get a higher draft choice. There's nothing in baseball. No, you either make no, the, no I'm saying that's why the make the wild card. I'll take my chances. After this fucked up season, after this roller coaster. Yeah, maybe going into the season you're like, I don't want to rely on the wild card. But the Tigers are going to have ample opportunities, hopefully when they are more healthy against Cleveland, coming up seven times. He just had a guy hopefully almost re- break his hope- thumb last night on a, on a well, free ball. Listen, Rodney Pete, we're not going to be counting on him. Trust me. We're just not going to be counting on him. Well, you almost have to. He's you, one how of your can best you count players. on a guy? He's not one of your best players. He's got five <laughs> offensive players better than it's him. It's surreal okay? cheering on a Tigers team where – Half that team was in the Braves locker room at some point last year, and you get just like they were so like Ibar. People in Atlanta were literally willing to drive him across the straight line, get him out of the state, you know. <laughs> and now he comes to Detroit, and people are actually talking about Fox Sports Detroit a week ago of bumping McGee and putting Ibar in third, which and, is fucking and, ridiculous know. because Ibar's terrible. But that's my point. Is He's that terrible? That, this. It's as a, bad as he so is, so many players value, on this team are just bad. There's They're a bad lot of bad players. parts in this team, and that's right. If they make the wild card, I'll be thrilled. But okay. man, and you, you gotta go after the division if, title if, because I don't want Sanchez starting my wild card. Well, but going, if anything, there's no strategy. You just go out and win games. I mean, there's that's no strategy. why we're going through a wild card. Number. They're still only numbers. four and a half out, and they play them seven times. And Cleveland is struggling. And the Tigers, like you said, they don't have the toughest schedule. They got Minnesota. So they've, you think Cleveland's got, a lock for the three wins. games at, against Atlanta? I mean, those should be a those should be a bingo 
Oh. Slot. Well, you the only hope. thing saving Atlanta that that will be the final three games in Turner Field history. So oh, they're wow. going to have a they're going to have a sellout crowd for all three games. Oh really? I'll be there on that Friday. Actually, you know, I'm I'm really thinking about it now. If anything, actually, the wild card spot would favor the Tigers more than a five game series with Boston would. Because the fact of the matter is, you look at Boston's rotation and their lineup versus the Tigers. L- let me ask that's you a, this: would That's you, a better team. Would you fear Porcello in a playoff situation? Would I? Is Gerald Mayer going to be his catcher like a, in two thousand and nine? But, but, but here, I have, to, I have to ask the the opposite: Would you feel Dan, Would you fear Daniel Norris in a playoff no, situation? No. There's no. only one Tiger I would fear. Verlander. Um, this is the thing that I don't even know if I'm I, an opposing player team. I don't know if I'd fear Fulmer in a playoff this is situation. The thing where you and Frankly. I would have an argument. Two years ago, when they made the playoffs and they started David Price game three, at the time Verlander was red hot, and you were going to start Scherzer. Like I had no problems with them waiting for David Price until game three. David Price. If you looked at every advanced stat was the best. known to mankind, was at the very least better than Verlander, arguably better than Scherzer. But, see, but Verlander I mean, was so His strikeout-to-walk like, to ratio was insane. His strikeout per nine was crazy. If anything, he had some bad luck uh, regarding his home run-to-flyout ratio. That was it. David Price was amazing. Here's the thing that... that his stats were unbelievable. Here's yeah. the feelings that I get that are conflicted as a fan. When you're setting up for a five-game series, forget about the wild card, is that I looked at it that way like I thought they would beat Baltimore with that with that staff, okay? And that that would set up Price to pitch game one of the a- and ALCS. You can't take I, that serious for granted when you, you didn't win one out. game. You have to sell out to win every playoff series. And if I did not learn that lesson two years ago, I certainly know it now. It's Can we talk those, about Osmus for manager of the year? That crap that what, popped up last Peter week. Peter Gammons wrote that article, right? Peter yeah. Gammons is in semi-retirement mode. He's in the Cape. And like I heard somebody bring it up nationally. If you looked at it nationally and you said, well, the Tigers are starting basically three kids and they're, they've been ravaged by injuries, of course you would think that Austin was doing a very good job. But the people that watch the games, you know better. Yeah, people yeah. without aneurysms know a little better that this guy, the manager of the year. Can we talk about the game that I was at the other night while I knock over all my Red Bulls and water? I, I think you have a Red Bull. What was that, Saturday night? Was that the game? Against yeah Saturday night, yep. against a lousy Oberholzer was a pitcher yeah a lousy mm-hmm. start yeah o- Oberweiss Dairy started the game <laughs> and then Ryan Schuling's favorite pitcher uh, Chico Chikin or whatever his name is <laughs> he comes in in relief and these two guys hold the Tigers to two runs uh, I don't, I I was sitting behind home plate up third row above no what I'm saying is I couldn't tell. How bad the ball and strike of uh, Everett was. I couldn't tell because I wasn't watching on TV. I didn't have the benefit of Fox Track. Sure. But can we go back? By the way, you know Tyler Collins is batting second tonight? Please. Yeah, manager <laughs> of the year. Guy with a 240 on base percentage setting up Victor and uh, Miggy. Okay, uh, here's the deal. Like, I, it's not a good move, but at the same time, you can't have. Were you a Bubba the Love Sponge listener? No. Because he always says, here's the, here's the deal. No, I don't. That's how you picked to, it the up. Only, the only radio the I listen to is a national radio host named Steve Zavin, um, and then I listen to you, unfortunately. Right. That's it. Okay, can we go back to what I saw and witnessed? Sure. Manager of the year, Brad Osmus, allowed Victor Martinez to get run. It, it, now, I'm not saying this because I'm Bill Simmons and I was at the game. My tickets were like, I bought them for like 30 bucks at StubHub. They were... Sorry, Kelly tickets, but it was late last minute decision. I couldn't get a hold of you. 
Way to throw our one I, sponsor, I my under, one the sponsor under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, way, I, way to also repeat exactly what I said yeah. word for word. Thanks. What? What did I say? What did you say word for word? I said way to throw our one sponsor oh, under yeah, the bus. I and did. you I'm said, sorry. yeah. Listen, I'm that's throwing why our one sponsor you, under and, the and bus. And you people wonder why I can't get a job. I just mentioned <laughs> StubHub when our only sponsor is CaliTickets.com. And you're like, oh, Moss, I don't know why you're on the radio. This is, I didn't say that. Oh, maybe because McDonald's did. is a sponsor and I just mentioned I had a BK broiler. <laughs> This is like if huge. Sake. This is like if huge started shilling for. We're gonna Kroger. edit. We're gonna edit that out of the. Uh, uh, we'll edit that out of the uh, huge I archive uh, podcast. Oh, but anyway, Brad Osmus had a good like twenty seconds to run out there and throw himself to the wolves. Victor, Mar- this has been going on for like an inning and a half. James McCann had argued. Victor was mad about his first at bat. Mm-hmm. He comes up, anyone in the world, blind Jasper Apollonia with his sunglasses and cane could see this coming a mile away. What? Who? It was the most obvious. Victor was going to get tossed. No question about it if something someone didn't intercede. And that umpire Everett, and you can bitch about his strikes on all you want. From everything I've learned in the last few days, the guy's. Strike zone is, is respected. He's not one of the. Uh, one oh, of the I thought shit. he. No, I thought it he might was consistent. Like like the calls he was yes. calling. I'm not just talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking that. Hold be, on. If you're going to be shit, be consistent. Uh, see, I don't buy on. with that. I'm not if you're talking. Shit, you're shit. I'm not talking about that game. Keith Law, who created the hashtag Ump Show, who is known to go after umpires as a basically as a reflex mode, basically said Everett has got one of the better strike zones. And he's one of the more respected umpire, home plate umpires. Okay? Okay? So, shut up, me here. <laughs> this isn't this isn't C.B. Buckner. This isn't a guy. This isn't Cowboy Joe West. This is a guy who Keith Law interceded and defended. Okay? So, let's hold off. But I will say his strike zone was consistently shitty for okay, both teams. Okay, that's fine. Victor Martinez is out there. Osmus is, I don't know, 15 feet away seeing this all happening. And his comment after the game is, I like to give my veterans leeway to talk to the umps. You dummy. You couldn't, how could you not see what was going on? Everyone, and I was screaming for 10 seconds. Not that anyone could hear me except for the poor people around me in the stadium. Go out there and get him. Go out there and get thrown out yourself, you dumb fuck. How do you allow that to happen? I still can't believe it. And if they lose the playoffs by one game, the fact that their four and five hitter uh, the rest of the game was Tyler Collins and Andrew Romine. If you want to know how Oberweiss, Derry, and Chakin turned into fucking Risk Goose Gossage and Bruce Suter, well, maybe because. Romine and Collins were batting fourth and fifth in that lineup. It was horrendous. This is the guy people are talking about for manager of the year? One person. Yeah, it's... No, 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 no. No, it's one person. One person. No, I saw Fennec, Jamie Samuelson tweeted it out, Dan Leach. Oh, you mean they liked it? They were all basically going along. Trust me. Yeah, but that's uh, that Trust doesn't count. Me. This is why you never okay. count. So this, you say one person. I mentioned five who kind of 
go along with it, no, and then they, you say that doesn't count. No, they re- thank you for it. changing the this fucking. Why you you got, do you have a chalk it. over there that you're drawing this line? <laughs> this is why you need to show that what you're talking about. This is why I haven't inter- intervened at all. The, what you just went on this rant is an indefensible rant. There is no way around it. Okay, and if if other people aren't saying this on the air, then shame on us. As now Detroit, I will say this: the JD listeners. thing was on Everett. JD is one of the most mild mannered guys. Never been a, thrown out of a game. Sure. Just look at the look at what he said to everyone. You could see it <laughs> reading bullshit. lips. I mean, he said something. You're having a bad day, and he said, and he said to him, "I what did you say?" And he says, and then he threw him out because he repeated it. Now yeah. that was bullshit. I would give you that. That the, was an the um Fox show. Sports Detroit. Uh, but that Victor, from what I was told, that Victor ball that he was arguing wasn't that crazy. That's what I was told. Yeah. No, it, it was borderline. It, it was, was consistently shitty. But at the same time, if you're going to be shitty, be consistent. You know, it's that simple. I but see. I don't. As a just, for, what you're talking about is indefensible that, acts. Like he needs to be smarter than that. Okay, he needs to be smarter in a lot of things. The best example that, you, and I think you brought it up on your mm-hmm. website, is that when Mike Avilas came in as a pinch hitter, the next day he was um, traded to the Braves, and then the Braves DFA'd him right after that. And I, he hasn't had an at bat since his here. last at bat. His last at bat in the majors occurred during a high leverage situation where the game could have gone either way, and that was his last at bat in the majors. Yeah, Not just yeah. most people you finish on a very ugly note where it's nine to one and they throw you in there because there's nobody else to play. He was in during a high leverage situation. That was his last at bat. By the no. way, Jeff, you brought up the V the, the manager of the year. And, and, and by the way, the one thing, I, the one complaint, and I'll go to Jasper after this. The one complaint I have about this guy is, all of a sudden he's showing some urgency, going to the four out save by K Rod and saying, "Well, you know, it's August now." Does this guy? This is does this guy who has some Jewish heritage, whose dad was pretty intelligent, has a math background, went to Dartmouth. Does the guy not understand that a game in April? He went to Dartmouth. Is, I don't think he yeah, ever brought yeah. that up. The guy, a game in April is worth the same as, as August. By the way, Jay, have I it, told you I went to Syracuse? Oh, did I ever tell you I went to Michigan State? Great, oh, wow. great journalism. Great. Oh, yeah. same here. Newhouse. <laughs> you two morons. We're trying to Masters explain game. you something. A game in April and August mean the same thing. Yes, they do. If you're a squirrel, he's allowed to learn from get, his mistakes. He, Three he, years? Yeah, what's what he going to learn from his about? fucking he's mistakes? He's allowed to learn from his mistakes. That's the nicest thing I'm going to say about him. He's, yeah, but he, he doesn't he learn from his the mistakes. When does he rectify it? He, he still hasn't learned at a game in April and the game in August. Jay, the same no, goddamn but he's thing. at least learning. All right, go on, Jasper, Jay. it goes I, back to what you said. You know, he's not consistently shitty. He's inconsistently shitty. Yes. Because the thing with Osmus is his decisions are even more maddening than Leland's because the guy is completely inconsistent I, with his strategy. I know Jeff, I'm Jeff getting bombed by KayleyTickets.com oh, on boy. Facebook Medicine. Oh, no, really? I think we just lost our sponsorship. Here, here's the thing. That nice job, asshole. I, I do really you want StubHub advertising numbers? <laughs> no, no. Since you love to prop them up and you didn't try to reach me either for tickets, don't bullshit. Wow. LLL. At least put the LLL. Okay. So maybe we haven't lost him. Yeah. You know uh, I loathe StubHub as much as I loathe Awesomeness? Question mark. You're unbelievable. No, trust me. You you haven't been texting uh, teenage yeah. to like See, early twenties girls lately. This Jeff. is where somebody but LOL can mean a myriad of. This things. is where my expertise comes in. Okay, I do radio <laughs> uh, every week in Nebraska for various reasons. Okay, and they love me. Hardy sponsors it. Okay, I mention fish fillets. How this much a- I love it. Even though I haven't had one in twenty years, You're not helping and I me. have a bunch of fish fillets show up, like I'm, I can. All right, Donald like, I Trump. I can change things. Okay, if you're, you're, you're not yeah, helping. okay, you're huge. The, the you're truth, huge the with truth the fish is, fillet community. The truth is, no, by the way, I, I decided to this. go to the game at about an hour before. You know, my my wife and I decided to go to the game about an hour before, and 
you know, I my apologies to CaliTickets.com. Has, I has, hope this doesn't impact our future. It's quite embarrassing, <laughs> but I I'm a man, and I will own up to my stupidity. Well, is in Brad Osmus by by suddenly seeing the light about four out saves, he is owning up to a stupidity on a no, 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 no. He's saying it's now more important yeah. for the four out save because we're running out of time, not understanding, like I said, that a game in May, if you win a game in May, you have that built up. I, in your stand, it's the same goddamn thing. These athletes, these baseball players, they all condition themselves to think that the first half of the season is just getting yourself in position. Nah. No one treats these games like it's that important in the in the, in the But see, early. that's that's the issue. This guy's like a guy who goes to a, a poker table and uh in in Vegas and doesn't you know with $10,000 and doesn't start betting aggressively until he's got no, 150 no. bucks left. No, I'll, I'll do something timely based on <laughs> You the already history. wasted it, it's your like opportunity. The, it's like the guy who left his kids at the Motor City Casino yesterday in the parking garage. He didn't Alan get, Iverson? No, he didn't oh. get serious about gambling until the police were chasing him because he left his kids in the car. Okay, That first hour that he was there, he was just like, my kids are fine. It's only 105 degrees. I'll just take my time. He only got serious about gambling once he realized the cops were after him. Exactly. So it doesn't, it doesn't excuse <laughs> no one your gets that joke. No one, you guys up. don't watch the news, do you? Come on. No, my, I, I heard yeah. about it. By the way, Kelly tickets is forgive. They is forgiven like, me. Going back to Kelly, right? He said he will always. Yeah. So yeah. please, people out there, uh, make Cali up tickets. for my transgression. Uh, Call up Kelly tickets. Get some tickets. Just please, anyone out there. I purchased tickets once in this market in the last year and a half, and it was with Kelly tickets. So for oh, whatever okay. that's worth, thank you. I appreciate that. Smooth. This is an award-winning writer here, Kelly <laughs> tickets. That's for free. Okay, can we talk about uh, Jim Harbaugh for a moment? Oh my God, college football! This was no. I just want to talk about Harbaugh. Wait one second. Let me get my twelve hundred word. I just want to talk about Harbaugh. And does anyone in this room believe that his original comment, where he said that Colin Kaepernick, he didn't agree with the motivation, and he didn't agree with what he did, he didn't agree with the cause. Basically, does anyone in here think that he misspoke? Or do they believe the PR that the U of M athletic department put out a little later? I think 99% of the time what your initial statement is probably what you meant to say. I That's funny. I guess I'm just a huge slap then because I actually think he misspoke. I I, I do buy that he misspoke there. I, I think certainly that he did not agree with the method, which I find to be bullshit on his part because not standing for the national anthem, which – Shouldn't be played at sports games, regardless. Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, okay. Uh, come on. It, no, we can have a different argument yeah, about that, but still, I, I think we're he talking didn't... about a one tiny football okay, hold player on a second. who's a backup quarterback compared to hold like on. changing everything. We're we going to get. Sports. Hold on, we're going to get into that argument in a second. Yeah, but why do we know that about sports? Do, do, okay, would it change your opinion if you knew that Harbaugh was buddies um, and featured on the? Uh, Website of this guy Ron Weiser, whom Weiser, Weiser who wants to be a region at U of M, who is a right wing lunatic, and that him and Harbaugh are buddies. Would it change? Are they, your are opinion? they actual friends, or did they like go to a golf course once? No, they're, okay, they're, they're tight. Yeah. Okay, then okay. Did it change your opinion? Yes. That yes. Harbaugh, who won't speak out about why a player is suspended, feels the need to get into this Colin Kaepernick thing. Also intervened on the American Sniper story came out on the on the 
right side politically of that argument. Sure. Okay. This is who Harbaugh is. Okay. He is a conservative Republican in a very liberal town, and he'd be best off hiding that in the future. And I'll and I'll, why, why does it matter? Well, no. Here's the thing. Really, is he should have done he should have done what Dino Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, did. Said nothing. He should have shut his mouth. You know why? Because he doesn't work for the 49ers. Because he doesn't coach Colin Kaepernick. He should have asked like it was. He a, should have shut. He should his have asked. Mouth. He should have acted like someone was asking a question about a suspended player. Yes, he should have. It is foolish for him to to talk at all because. Frankly, that situation has nothing to do with him anymore. Period. And and that's the same thing that I think multiple head and if coaches you're going around to be the country recruiting African American players in the future. Especially, probably not a good idea to say that you don't agree well, but with the, the cause of uh, trying to minimize police but brutality. See, here's the thing: I probably Dino, not a great idea. I take Dino Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, who is an African American, who said nothing about it. Why? Because it doesn't make sense for you as the head coach of a football team to talk about political matters. It simply doesn't. You're uh, running the risk of alienating a gigantic amount of your fan base and your recruits. Everything you're saying is true, but who cares? None of this stuff matters. This this stuff will disappear in three or four days. Yes. It's not that big of no, a deal. No, I, I agree. Like, I agree with that. It's not that big of a deal. But no. he still should have shut up. Because it's I'm something just, that it's no, something that's close to Kaepernick. If anything, like if if you would defend him, makes it even more foolish. If you would have <laughs> defended him, lock, stock, and barrel, then everyone would have said, "Well, you're just close to him." I admire him for taking the exact opposite viewpoint that I thought he might have. No, I I don't, I don't admire somebody who takes the wrong viewpoint just you know because I'm it's never the opposite. Gonna, no, no, he could. I'm never going to condemn anyone for for answering a question. If Harbaugh would have said, "I won't that either," he didn't think it was right to not stand for the. National anthem. I would have no problem with that. Yeah. Reasonable people can agree or disagree on sure. that. It's the motivation. Reasonable line. people can't agree or di- disagree about how African American people in this country are treated by certain members of the police department. That's not up for debate. But it just isn't. Forget that. He's even talking motivation. So, regardless of whether you want to talk about the method of protest or even the decision to protest in general. He's he's wrong. He's wrong as a white man to say that the motivation behind Kaepernick's protest was incorrect. It doesn't matter whether he he steps back on it. And I do think to a he certain extent he was wrong. He said he didn't agree with it. Who cares? <laughs> he didn't agree with the motivation. Everyone didn't agree with the motivation. the motivation. What else? How else can what you else, how else can you paint that? Are you guys right. aware <laughs> what? Are you aware what Ronnie Harrison said today? That he's well, a, he's an imbecile. A, yeah. But can you imagine if a yeah Rodney coach, Harrison should have shut can, the fuck can you up too? If a head coach had said those comments. <laughs> well, he would be fired today. No, I, no, I, no, well, because the University of Colorado head coach, what, two thousand six, said we need more Afro Americans on our team because we don't have enough good athletes, and he wasn't fired. Rodney Harrison didn't know that Colin Kaepernick was black. I understand, but how is that Rodney possible? Harrison's a black man. The head coach of Colorado I, well, in 2006 was a white man. It's probably so, CTE. No, I, don't see, I don't see that. I'm guessing CTE this, is probably a reason. This is why or he's a big fucking This dumbass. is why I would be the worst radio host in the world. This stuff doesn't matter, okay? It's important It for does Dave. matter. No, it doesn't. Nothing matters more. No, it, there's plenty of the stuff that matters. So you're telling me breaking down... U of M's offensive line is more important than no, a discussion police over police brutality. <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna. You're not gonna solve the world's problems on a radio on a sports radio show. 
I have no interest in no, doing No, but I think... Who's I, trying to? No, I don't think you are. No, but you, I think I don't think talking you, about these issues But you're parsing, you're parsing Harbaugh's words, okay? No, I'm not no, taking what he said at face value. At face value, exactly, yeah, exactly. You, you are making the leap that he said that you were wrong. He said he didn't support it, whatever. He, he found it to be... Well, it was bad enough that Michigan... Five minutes later, had to correct it with well, a press release. Well, that's what release. people do. They Jay, go into. They go into. I'm glad you're on the same side of this argument with Bill Simonson. That's all. Jay, I have to say. Oh, oh, no, wait, wait. How many no. things do you not agree with, but yet also support? Fair. I'm. Like, <laughs> I mean, really? How can you put it any other someone way? Someone asked me a question about you the other day, and I'm not trying to change the subject, but they were like, "How come Moss doesn't like Donald Trump?" Because basically, they have the same kind of personality things where they say what's on their mind and you know they've got strong opinions and things like that and like forget liberal versus conservative and i yeah, will argue, forget the fact that uh, he uh, disagrees with me on every social no, economic I, issue how come you don't admire trump more for being oh i do despite, admire the despite i admire trump too. i admire oh no in certain listen, ways listen i thought hitler was a great speaker do you want to go down that route i mean <laughs> look look norm mcdonald would disagree by yeah, that. hitler <laughs> look okay yeah. If you want to go down the route, do I respect <laughs> the fact that Trump has been able to manipulate the media for billions of dollars of free advertising that a man who knows less about politics than Sarah Palin has become one of the two major political party presidents? Do I respect well, all of that? Do I think he's great at selling his brand? Yeah. Jasper? Yes. He's a reality TV star. Yeah, I respect. But when you get to the, why don't I respect Donald Trump as a man? Because I didn't ask he's him, an man. In, just like the, the he's an he, infant when it comes to political discussions. Sure, he doesn't you have any so moral Hitler center. Hitler supported the extermination of a race where. No one in America is technically that's running for office is technically no, uh, done that. Uh, run, that's run, no, except for only a supporter. No, actually, yeah. multiple people. Only, have run for only office an extermination have, of people. That. Only Not his supporters. Only his supporters believe in an extermination. By the way, by the way, hold on. Go look at my Twitter feed from the other day when I suggested that people bitching about Colin Kaepernick, who are white should think about for a second what it's been like to live in this country as a black person for the last 260 years under slavery, Jim Crow. What does that have he- to do with anything? We- Kaepernick grew up in Wisconsin. No, hold on. He was adopted by white parents. Hold- you know, like a... Yeah, he's God. still. Oh so yeah, why, no, that, no, but, but, like, no, but, why do you think he cares then? No, if it's no, but, so irrelevant, saying, like, and that didn't stop someone putting from putting a gun to his face. A cop been, that he, did not hey, stop. Where he, his parents color. You know what's my favorite argument is is oh well, Colin Kaepernick makes a lot of money. Yeah, you know who else made a lot of money back in the day? Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams got got pulled over for uh, being black and driving a nice okay, car. Okay. See what three, I, four, I five, six times? Because we're getting down. You're, we're painting this picture that I'm right where I'm very. Political. I don't care that he, um, that he was wearing a um, uh, Castro shirt. I don't care that he apparently married a Muslim and that's been kind of affecting. I don't care about any of this stuff. That like this is the thing. I'm. I really. I care about it, but I don't know what it's what us talking about it advances the cause one way or the other. It doesn't advance. Well, the cause what the fuck? You interrupted the point. What I was trying to say. Oh, I'm so sorry. I tweet out that black people have had to experience. These are all facts. I mean, we've had slavery. We had yes. Jim Crow. We've yes. had mass incarceration. Yes, we had. We've had uh, taxation King. without representation because yes. black people uh, couldn't 
vote for men. I mean, in a suppress up until this day, they're still trying to suppress the black vote. We also had a country before we hold became on, hold a on. country that had that. We had all of these things. That's well, we all I said. That's all I said. And for a white person to just minimize all of that stuff is ridiculous. And the response that I got because one lunatic uh, right wing psychopath retweeted that. My whole timeline was filled with pictures of people in blackface, someone taking black babies and throwing them into a dumpster. Pictures of uh, Ted Danson. Don't hold come on in. a second. No, it wasn't Ted Danson. Uh, he, only he. Only. Hey, he I, I, I understand that Whoopi Goldberg, Ted Danson, uh, the uh, that joke. Yes. I had uh, someone blowing ashes, a picture of a guy blowing ashes and saying goodbye, Jews. Ooh. This is what was in my timeline. Sorry. All all night. <laughs> Tough room. And Tough why? Room. And why? Because I brought up the fact. And and you know what most white people were saying in my timeline. That's all in the past. That's all history. <laughs> well, like that. We like <laughs> like you can just start from scratch. I. It just this. Listen. Sometimes sports and politics cross, and it's not. There's nothing wrong about discussing it. I think it should be discussed. And it's just it's just absolutely insane to me that this country, after all of these years, based on my Twitter timeline from it, things aren't better. Things are not. Things are. Yeah, maybe the laws have changed, mm-hmm. but people's opinions. This country is still as divided as it's ever been. In this country, I don't think we'll ever get over the original you know, sin. This, and it's something that Ka- Kaepernick brought to the front, and I'm glad he did. This should be the show. It just dawned on me that you're an atheist who's very, very passionate about this, where I'm a God-fearing person who has is very like indifferent about everything we're talking about. And I'd say we're you know, right, like, I'm, I'm right in the middle, personally. I'm a moderate person, like, across the board. I try to see, like, you know, I would have made it a great president if I didn't like to drink beer so much in college and have some crazy stories. Yeah. You know, that would eventually come back and to you had I think you'd be disqualified or... for being president for turning down the Hawaii trip. Yeah, right? well, yeah, yeah definitely. Right, Obama never hey, turned hey, down if, pussy. If I, <laughs> if I ever... And you run know, sure president. as hell, Bill Clinton never did. If, so. anyone, if I ever run for president and someone asks me about it, I will just lie. I'll just well, say that I went here's, and that I here's what I would. You're never running for president. Here's, here's, here's just something I'm going to bring, bring into it. It's the hundredth monkey uh, I, uh, oh, shit. idea. I don't understand. What? Okay. No, you're going so down back, a bad road. No, no, no. I, I really don't think I am. Okay. Back in the 1960s, 1970s, we would the United States would test nuclear bombs in – uh, uh, remote P- uh, Pacific Islands. No, we actually did in Utah too. In fact, there was a I movie. I know we did it. There's uh, some movie with John Wayne or something like yeah, that. Yeah, motherfucker. Tell, people... me, tell me where there's fucking monkeys in Utah. Well, exactly. But I'm so, just saying. Like, we, let me finish like, my. There's let been me like 20 people saying. that died from that movie from 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 yeah. the fallout. My yeah. point we're calling, is, we're calling Jessica from the bullpen for Christ's sake. Um, what they did though was with the U.S. government was they tried to see how how life could come back after a nuclear holocaust. So what they did was they reintroduced monkeys into one of the islands. So what they did was the problem was some of these coconuts that the monkeys ate, the bananas, were ira- – they, they had nuclear Ra- radiation. radiation all over them. So what the researchers did was they taught a couple of monkeys to wash the coconuts and wash the bananas before they ate. Eventually, a couple – Started joining in. Once the is that where the f- wait, 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 where is this going? Once, okay. 
But here's the thing. Once the hundredth monkey started washing their food, here, get on the mic. all of the monkeys started washing their food. My point is you can say talking about it on sports radio doesn't matter. You can say being – not standing up for uh, the national anthem doesn't matter. But the fact no, of, of the matter is once you get a certain amount of people to accept that something is the right thing to do, everybody as a culture starts accepting that. And I don't see it any different. Wow, that was well, a long way to go to get yeah, to that. No, I'm, I'm saying I don't see it any different as no, I agree with the, the civil rights. Right. We, the, we've got two country. people who have been monitoring the show. Am I allowed to say your name? Yeah, I might as well throw away my political career now. Yeah, right. So that would be Jordan Acker, who is going to oh, be the this is Jordan. Okay, that'd yeah. be the executive producer of the DSR on TV. Mahir has been here, as I've mentioned a few times. Uh, so Mahir, what are you planning on on doing this weekend, uh, Friday to be specific? Going to be grocery shopping at Meyer in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyone else going to be there that I know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to disclose that or not. Or, okay, well, uh, how many people who are part of Meyer and like, come on, here for Christ's sake. Do they sell brand steaks at Meyer? <laughs> uh, not to my knowledge. Okay, so you're going to be at Meyer. What time is this at? Uh, three to six. Three. <laughs> you're going to be shopping for three hours. Well, we'll aren't see. you a single guy? <laughs> uh, well, how I'll many be... condoms do you need? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll be shopping within that time frame. Oh, okay, yeah. just between three and yeah. six, you'll be mm-hmm. shopping. I have never okay. told anyone I was going shopping three days in advance. <laughs> okay, but okay. by the way, by the way, Jeff, you don't need any condoms to jerk off your roommate, so <laughs> Mihir should be fine. All right, I think I'm out of here. All right, so so Acker, so Acker, what do you have Can to I say? You to? wanted to get on mic. You know, first of all, thanks for uh, for letting me come in and listen to the to your show today, Jasper. I. Here's the the point I think that you were making about Colin Kaepernick, and I think this is a really, um, you know, things will never get better. I think maybe it was Jeff that said that. Things I just don't think this country is ever going to get over the original sin, unless I, you know, you know, what the only way here's how's the different thing? Rep- reparations, how's reparations, it different than that's gay rights, reparations. Here, reparations thing. Here, for that's exactly, everyone? I think that's Let a great point. That's point. a great point. Oh boy. And here's the thing: is that you know, 150 years ago, the thought of having an African American president was beyond the comprehension of this let me, country. Let me tell you, as a, as a 23 year old, when I was 13, 14, 13 years old, the concept of having a black president didn't make sense to me. Really? That's right. At 13, it, it, I didn't see it happening. It, and and you know what? And for my daughter, not in my life, my daughter, in the recent lifetime, my daughter's 17 months and she will, you know, God willing, never know a country that doesn't have a female president. I mean, these are the these are advancements. I know you're looking at me like that right now. Yeah, I, things, <laughs> things change. And you know what? They may not change as quickly as we'd like them to, but we are a much better country than we were in the 1960s. And we're it's a far close. better country it's than not the even 1920s. Close. Why are we like, yeah, like, OK, I'm we're better. Like, why are we even like we're the, better? 40 percent of this fucking country is still made of fucking retards. Right. Excuse my friend. And that's the point. Well, that's you need the 40 percent. You know, that's never going to go. 40 percent. Okay, I, I live in Atlanta. There's this part of Buckhead. It's really nice. And then there's this Do you live in Atlanta? Thing, yeah, down, down the street where it's just a bunch of homeless people and it's the accepted area that that's where all the homeless people crack, all that stuff that, you know, that's there. We could have a Republican mayor, a Democratic mayor, a Republican president, Democratic president. Nothing's going to change. That area is always going to be there. We're always going to have this problems. Isn't about, I'm not this talking country. about political parties. No, but we are so much further along in this country than we were 50 years ago. It blows right. my mind. Okay, you know? we are. 
and we still have about 250 years. When, when it's, it's grow- absolutely right. But when then- you and I were growing up, I'm sorry, didn't mean to When you and no, I were okay. growing up in his, with history books and they talked about Civil Rights Act and racism that happened in the 60s, to me that was 20 years ago, but it felt like, like three, four generations ago. As, as yeah. I stated today on Twitter, Jackie Robinson, whose number is retired, and this is how we're going to end the show, is retired by every single team in the major leagues. Jackie Robinson's number is retired by the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> He never played a game in Detroit yes. for the Detroit Tigers. Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker's numbers are retired. Jackie Robbins' are, is. That'll okay? change. Some- All right? Studio 42, where Brian Kenny and they do Major League <laughs> Baseball's uh, MLB network. It's called Studio 42. That's where they broadcast out of for Jackie Robinson. The year that I was born, Jackie Robinson wrote an autobiography where he said, that he had no respect for the flag because of what he went through and what black people went no, through. No, he had no no respect for the flag during that whole no, thing. No, no, no. He 40s. said no, no. He said he didn't have a respect for it? the flag. Yes, oh, I did. Okay. He said he he said in 1972, in 1917, in 1940. That's what he said. The year I was born, we're not talking about ancient history. Yes, we are. 72. It's a huge difference. Between that's not. I was. That was the year we. I was born. It's not that long ago. Okay, I'm not that fucking old. I mean, really, no, Jay. <laughs> what's the, what's the difference? Well, between I'm not going to say that because we're the same age. Wait, what's the difference says... between now and what? What? When did the Rodney King riots? Ninety one. Yeah. Yeah. What's really the difference? between Nothing. Now and Nothing. then, when it comes whoa, to police. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no. When it comes to police. Yeah. When it comes to police. We're making a huge leap. Well, we're wait, talking about no, isolated wait. incidences. I'm talking somebody... about the 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 social acceptance of something that. Huge. Okay, okay but we still accept. Jasper, we still accept Jasper, uh, <laughs> police brutality on a no, large there's a scale. There's a huge difference, Jasper. The biggest difference I'll, is this: is that the murder rate in the United States in 1991 was, was way, way higher. higher than it is today. Well, and you can look at lead and gasoline and police, all that. Sure, but it's got nothing to do with police brutality. It absolutely, it absolutely does. Because today. Police are have an ability to be much less fearful of Absolutely. the people that they police than they so did 25 okay, years so ago. So you're saying it's worse? Then. No, I'm saying no. this is a problem that is solvable today. I'm convinced right. it is. But I'm saying the point is, it can we hasn't talk about the DSR and TV now? Yeah, we got two. No, seconds. I'd like two to talk about, about climate change. No. If we we get, got two oh, minutes okay. to talk about the DSR and TV. I have some <laughs> great you thoughts on abortion. What are we allowed? to Yeah, do we're now? gonna have a whole 30 <laughs> minutes on that. This show's already way off. A the minute rails. and a half, actually, but <laughs> close enough. What do you want to say about the DSR and TV? After? So I think we're gonna we're gonna have a date uh, in the next week or so, right after uh, Labor Day. Uh, Jess, were you still around then? No, he's gone. A week from now, he's done. No, after, by the time the show's gone, you're gonna be gone. Wait, well, when is Labor Day? I actually don't know the date. Uh, September, first Monday uh, of September. September fifth. Yeah, we September fifth. Oh no, I'll be here. No, but the show's not gonna be on then. The show's not so, gonna be on for a couple weeks. So what um, do you want? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do for uh, twenty five minutes of? Uh, Trust me, it'll be a lot more fucking prepared than this. <laughs> but what, what are you going to do? Are you going to dress up in a shirt and tie? Are you gonna suit. Tre- I'm going to be wearing a suit. Are you going to treat it like a man cave? Like I've never watched no, 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 the Channel no. Seven man cave. No, no. But I I'm going to be wearing a suit, okay. and it's going to be. Uh, very professional, unlike anything that's happened for the last hour and 15 minutes. Are you going to pre-write your takes like Rome or something will like not, that? There okay. will, some of that will happen. I will have special commentaries like Keith Oberman. Okay. I will also have panelists. I also will have uh, pre-taped bits, interviews. I got oh. a text message from Tony Paul today during the show. Hopefully that uh, relationship will, re- will be rekindled. Are you going to be pulling a, a Bill Simmons and having any sort of uh, pre-taped skits? Yeah, uh, Michael Rapport 
and I will be in a mock trial. Please don't in get front of Judge Joe Brown. Are you going to be putting uh, Russ Thomas on yeah. the stand? Well, we or? were putting we were putting the ownership of William Clay Ford Senior <laughs> on trial with Michael Rapport defending. Uh, Bill Keenis in the Detroit Lions. Michael Rappaport hasn't done anything good since Beautiful Girls. Oh it's, no, he, incorrect. He did. He did that de, uh, de La Soul. Um, no, not De La Soul. Tar- Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, Tribe Called Quest documentary a couple years All right, ago. This show that been was a good. Fucking mess. It started out really well, and then I knew that yeah. it would eventually. It's been a disaster. And it started with Spiro, your Spiro, question. Spiro, Spiro Meyer question. Sorry. Spiro's completely a lot. I'll give him a free pass to bomb this podcast. He's he's so distraught. He's switching to Bleacher Report. I've heard that. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> this is a previously recorded episode.